This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're here in the Rugby Dungeon. I'm Tim. That's JB. Hello, Tim. And uh, we just started the podcast um, mid-conversation. What, what we said about milk? Yeah, what is your favourite milk? <laughs> What's your favourite milk? Oh, well, I, I always drink Blue Top, of course, because it's particularly good for uh, macchiatos and flat whites and uh, cortados. Yes. But I was going to say, you're going to make the point that if, you, if you're buying anything less than Blue Top, you're just getting watered down milk. And the worst thing for that, which is which is uh, another type of milk, is coconut milk. If if you oh. ever buy light, and you can get light, uh, air quotes, coconut milk, it's basically just more water, less coconut. Ah. So, so never, never ever buy light coconut milk. So just coconut use less. Milk. How on? Coconut milk. I'm thinking of what am I thinking of? Coconut. I, I'm, I'm thinking of the ones in the tin. Ah right. So you okay. put in a curry. So yeah, so that's a, that is like the pulped coconut, isn't so it? So you should yeah. so what you're saying is you, you should just buy the one tin of full coconut milk, use less of it so you have more for your next use. Correct. And put a bit of water in. Or just use all of it because it's delicious. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Great. See start. What a what a way to <laughs> Ruby go. Ruby pod. <laughs> what a game. Uh, well sorry, what a weekend of games. What a weekend of games. Oh, the premiership is so good. It is just so good. So, so is the um, ultimate rugby championship. Oh, ultimate rugby championship. United rugby. United rugby. That, right, can we just say that name is ridiculous. <laughs> More or less ridiculous the... than the Rainbow Cup. Uh, at least there was some comedy value to that <laughs> yeah. one. I've got to say, though, giving credit where it's due, their branding looks cool. It does look good. The URC. Really, yeah, I think it looks really cool. And there's quite a bit of buzz about it at the moment. So, to your point, I think I think there'll be more buzz about it as the season progresses. To, it's almost picking up on a point you made a couple of weeks ago when when you, I think you made a really interesting and good point that the Premiership season starter is devalued by the absence of some of the key players. Yes. Two out of every four years due to a World Cup or a or in this case the Lions. And I think the same is true of the ultimate rugby championship. Not having the, well, they've got these South African teams in. Obviously, you've got the Lions issue as well. But the, the South African teams are, look, look bad. But they're gonna be really strong by the by the halfway point. I, this, I don't get this at all. Right? So I know those South African teams. There'll be a Premiership team somewhere sniffing about one of their players. That player will come over and be the best thing since sliced <laughs> bread, and he will do nothing in the U U. Or URC. 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 Do you know what the biggest problem is with URC? By the way, the branding looks great. I've said that already. The idea is pretty compelling. There's quite a lot of excitement about it, in fairness. Worst point is, as soon as you say U, where, what's the next letter in your, in your mind? F. Yes, UFC. <laughs> like, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard one to remember. <laughs> Pro 14. 
Pro 14. Yeah. Plus pro, the South Africans. Pro, pro 16? Yeah. 18? How many we, all, we all know, don't we, that uh, rugby is a massive success and you just add more and more teams to a league. Yeah. We all know that as a fact. 100%. But a lot of the rugby that was you were able to watch this weekend was outstanding. Oof, wasn't it just? Brilliant. Yeah. And so hard to predict as well. So hard to predict. Four of the, <laughs> four of the oh, three of the favourites lost. Yeah. I mean, what more do you need? Yeah. Three of the favourites lost. And that, that you can draw, there's probably two influences in that. Um, one good and one bad. One good being the salary cap, which obviously creates a certainly more level playing field. Yeah. The bad is no relegation. So the teams are slightly less incentivized to compete this year. And at yeah. this point in the season, that's not really biting. You're not really paying any attention to the fact that there's no relegation. But there will come a tipping point in the season when fans will become disinterested with how their team are getting well, on. Unless everybody beats each other. Yeah. Which is when it's going at the moment. Well, if, if you've got... 13 teams all competing for top four, top six. And I come six games to go and everyone has a realistic shot of getting into the top European competition uh, with the top seven or eight, whatever it is now, plus the top six, plus the top four, then it will be really interesting. Yeah. And I hope that continues. As it is, though, there are two, uh, two winless teams in the league at the moment. Winless, yeah. Irish. In, in American Lo- vernacular, that'd be the losingest, the losingest, the losingest teams. And the other one would be who would Bath. the other one be? Bath. Oh, cool. how did I forget that? How did you forget? Well, you just don't spend any time thinking about Bath. No, no, it's true. Now on Bath, um, that is the thing which I'm thinking about, which makes the whole situation at Leicester for years so jarring when teams give up and throw in the season. So Leicester did this. And the reason I hated it so much is because it's just not in Leicester's DNA to give up mm. rugby games. And say what you like about Bath, and I will be saying lots about Bath le- uh, later <laughs> on, it is not in their DNA to, to throw away rugby games. I can't imagine Bath ever doing something um, like Tigers did when they threw away that season. No. Never imagine that. No. That, that's, it was obviously a conscious thing from Tigers to build for the next year because there's no consequence of them losing that season with the yeah. Saracens relegation and Covid and everything else where do you want to start with the rugby oh, or should we do some news yeah let's, let's let's do some news and look around so there's rumours that Nathan Hughes might be off to France yep uh, mm. Neil Fisler had that one and now this had a little paragraph in it which just turned my head in Fisler's story and it says something like a standoff between agents and clubs so you wear this no so the clubs are in a dispute with the agents as to who pays the agency fees. The players or the clubs. The players or the clubs. So yeah. always, even though the agency fee counts towards... Salary cap. Salary cap. Um, and the players, I think, get taxed on it as a benefit in kind. It makes no difference whatsoever in terms of what the players receive. The clubs are now saying the players need to pay their own agency fees, which I think is... 100% correct. That's exactly what should happen. That's how it works in every other business, isn't it? I don't know is the answer. I mean, I guess... If... on Have I, ever, have I had an agent before? <laughs> no, I haven't have, had... Have I've, I had an no, agent just, before? How many people work, work for me? Uh, <laughs> how many people do work for you? No, no so a lot, of, a lot of my colleagues in radio have agents. I think yeah, I yeah. did I think I did at one point. Um, but I, 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 I don't now. But, yeah, when I did, that was something I negotiated with my agent. That the, uh, oh, I ha- what I have done is paid someone to go in and represent me 
in negotiations of contracts and stuff, yes. and I paid them a fee. But the point being is you are in, enlisting the services of someone with a view to getting more money. The the upshot is they get a slice of that extra bit of pie you yeah. get. So yes. this is one of my favourite subjects, right? Because if you're an England player, you've only got 13 employers. That's it. You don't have any more than that. Actually, that's not true. You have 13, and according to the updated laws or the precedent set, you could play in the championship, but best of luck. Yeah, you, you can play in any English league. You yeah. can play for Talk H if you're an England international. Yeah, you, you, you should do. You yeah. have at least one season there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you've only got 13 places to go. How much can you improve a player's value when he knows all of the people that can employ him? They all know him, and there's ample take. You know, there's. It's not like they can sell these guys to Italy or... You know, Germany or France or any of these other leagues. Now, I would say this: if I, I do exactly the same as you, Tim, which is if I was a rugby player and say I'm on three hundred thousand pounds because I'm an England international, instead of paying ten percent to my agent, why don't I just get the best bloody contract lawyer in all of London to do it for me? Because it'd be cheaper than 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 ten percent <laughs> that, that I'm paying, a lot cheaper. So I think this is a problem for two reasons. I think it's a problem because agents are looking at this thinking, do I really trust these players to pay me on a direct debit? Um, one ten <laughs> percent of their salary, no. And the other reason I think it's a good thing that they pay, that players pay their agent, is because can you imagine the situation where you have a few lads on the books at a club and you are the agent? You are effectively at the pest of the club, not at yeah. the pest of the player. You, you, they've got to be incentivized to look after the player's great, best interest I mean, rather than the, point. the yeah. conflict with the club. That, yeah. that, that's a really fundamental point. And the second one is, it, it, yeah, as you say, it ensures that the players only spend the money that they really want to spend and therefore the amount of money that stays within the game or goes outside of the game is is as it should be. Yeah. I'm sure Mark Evans told, told, told me this. I'm, I'm, I, I say his name because I'm sure he'd be okay with me saying it. He said something along the lines to a player like, offer your agent half of any pay increase that that he gets you, rather than 10% of your salary. Something along those lines. Because at the moment, you just can't d- demand that much more salary. Well, if you're moving between clubs, you can't you can't be a marquee player. So mm-hmm. for a lot of the England lads, that's off the table. Mm-hmm. Coming from overseas, you'll, you'll need an agent. If you're into France, you'll need an agent. But if you're going between clubs in England, you don't need an agent. If you're an mm-hmm. agent with... Uh, like, well, the, I imagine... Being an agent is a bit like being a an actor or a musician, where there's a few at the top who are yeah. just living living a Monaco lifestyle, and then the rest of them are really, really grafted and struggling. Yeah, so I, I know an agent won't 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 mention his name, but um, I can tell you right now, absolutely top end, absolutely top end. The way he looks after his clients, uh, so on and so forth, and you can see that's worth it. And I tell you what else is worth it, having met both of these men. Um, and I can appreciate why you'd need an agent for this. In fact, having spoken to a lot of the directors of rugby now, imagine being a 20-year-old lad going in and talking to Steve Diamond and Simon Orange about how much more money you want off of them. You're not going to win that. Mm. You're not, probably your agent won't win that, to, to be fair. But the directors of rugby are so savvy. And 20-year-old kids are not savvy. So you know, I say you don't need an agent. You might not need an agent if you're like Courtney Laws or uh, Owen Farrell. You do probably need an agent if you're a younger lad coming through. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one. It, it is a difficult one. Uh, to Nathan Hughes going to France, mm. it was interesting that he got completely starting number eight for the first two games for Bristol, 
bombed out of the matchday squad. Mm. Mm. And he and was not listed as unavailable. Yeah, so he's not injured. No. Do you think it might be because he's not that good at the moment? Mm. He doesn't look as effective as he has done. Yeah, he's pretty... That's um, for sure. But, I mean, it, the, he's, he's got 20 England caps to his name. He's an absolute mutant. So there'll, there'll be plenty of people that will, that will hand him he's a good, his half a million quid that he's on at the moment. He also is missing a lot. He's a good age to go to France as well. 30. 30. Yeah. Can yeah. You, I can't imagine him in France, you know. Oh, I, I can. Oh, no, no. I can imagine him. I can imagine him in France. Yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine him being successful in France. Different thing. I can imagine him picking up a big contract in France. Yeah. Whether he, he's successful or not is another matter. Because what does Nathan Hughes do well? He be well, twenty-one stone. Yeah, he's twenty-one stone. <laughs> he's pretty good in an open-ish game, and likes to run over small people. He doesn't really do the things that Billy does. And to compare the two, does Billy a huge disservice actually? Well, yeah, Billy. In the two games that we've seen of him this season, his work rate has been through the roof. Oh, he's awesome. Really come back to back to his best. I, I, yeah. I feel. But Nathan Hughes was immense when he was at Wasps, and that, and then, well, yeah, mainly when he was at Wasps. Actually, he yeah. was absolutely immense. Yeah. I, I mean, his first season, at, first season at Bristol. First season yeah. at Bristol. Yeah. I think he got the best out of it. Good, good at Bristol. Bristol gave him a lot of space too to operate. But in France, with no space, what's he going to do? Like, <laughs> what's he going to do? Run through the Claremont Park now? <laughs> can, can we talk about um, lost Pumas? Those being South American playboys. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, I don't know the whole story here, so you might have to fill in the gaps. They went to a beach, did, did they? So, yeah. Half a dozen of the Pumas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six players and two staff, I think it oh, was. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, um, so, Queensland went into kind of a f- more full lockdown, because that was the least locked down uh, region of Australia. Went into greater lockdown, so everyone was on strict controls, and they... Uh, someone coughed. O- someone coughed. Oh, That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. That's the reason why. Yeah. Um, right. Some, someone, and they um, not only left the hotel, but also actually, I think they left the state to cross state line. They which, went to which, By- Byron Bay, which, yeah. is a, which is a bit of a little party hotspot and a beautiful um, part of Australia. Good. Good. Yeah. I, hope, I, hope that, I hope they had a great time. I hope they had a great uh, time. I, I, I actually, I've got every sympathy for them. 100%. <laughs> so what was, what was the punishment? I, mean, I guess the Australian authorities came around and shot their dogs. <laughs> Psychopath. Deported. Uh, no, I think uh, I think they both were punished by San, Sanzar for obviously breaching the Sanzar rules. But I think they were like enforced quarantine by Australia. Just go laws. Just go home. Don't play any sport in Australia. I, it's not worth your time. Not worth with your effort. It's hor- the way they're doing things is absolutely horrible. But with or without those Pumas, um, Argentina lost again. Santiago Cordero. He yes. played at Exeter, didn't he? Exeter yes. and Bordeaux, I want yeah. to say. He's not that seen, now. I think I'm right saying, saying he's not seen his son for about three months. Oh, yeah. So they, like this happened last year as well. Because I was lucky enough to meet his brother today, who was te- oh, yeah. who was telling me about it. Yeah. And I'm like, that, that's insane. Facundo Cordero. Yes. And you think about... So do you remember the controversy over Australia and New Zealand, New Zealand cancelling last minute to yeah. Australia. Okay, and the All Blacks came in first um, stick, rightly so. But the counterpoint to that is, they, if they, they knew if they left, they couldn't get back into New Zealand until the fifth of the fifth of November. That's yeah. nuts. And, That's nuts. And guys haven't travelled at all because they were um, due to have kids as well. Yeah. So like uh, Moonga, for example. There's others as well. Uh, Aaron Smith. Yeah. They like. The starting halfback pairing for the All Blacks didn't travel because of the restriction, because they wouldn't be able to get back to see newborn children. Ludicrous, ludicrous. But yeah, okay, so they've been punished. 
Pot. I mean, this is what we pay our money for, is it not? You want them <laughs> shooting the radios in their cars and going partying on, on beaches, and they're still get, getting getting caught for it. So good. Hope they had a great time. I hope they had a great time as well. I'd wish they'd won a game. Do you, do you think they'd be pissed off? Sorry, do you think they'd be annoyed if um, they went there for a few beers and then one of them went, "Look, guys." We need to be serious. We're athletes, and they didn't have any beers. And then, just, uh, but <laughs> just they, they should have. They should have gone absolutely wild. I hope it was worth it. That's yeah. all I'll say. I hope they had a great time. Uh, so Argentina finished bottom of the the rugby championship. Uh-huh. South Africa finished second bottom. Great, despite beating New Zealand Which, with yeah. with a last minute um, last minute penalty. Uh, I've seen the last minute penalty. Sends shivers down the spine. Seeing that win, yeah, yeah, so celebrating coming third in the rugby championship like that—that that is a uh, yeah. But beating, I can't remember the stat, but something like last time they beat New Zealand from a come behind from you know coming from behind it was some ridiculous. It's like 17 years ago, or something ridiculous. Well, it's only it's South Africa's second win in 11 games against New Zealand. Is that right? Yeah, New Zealand have a significantly better record against South Africa recently so a few weeks ago people were saying this is why system teams can't beat the All Blacks you know well looks like they can looks they can. like they can yeah um, probably not quite the strongest of either team definitely not the strongest All Blacks although it's still a very good All Blacks team yeah but All Blacks comfortably win the rugby championship yeah uh, and Argentina uh, Argentina Australia obviously had a much much better finish to the uh, rugby championship than the start after they got hammered three times by New Zealand um they actually look pretty good. It's, a... and it's interesting the, to see, and we've seen this so many times before, players who are indifferent at club level, and you see them a year or two later at international level, and they look awesome. Andrew yeah. Callaway couldn't even get oh. in the Northampton team. Yeah. So he could break the uh, all-time Australia debut season try scoring record. He could yeah. break Israel Folau's record They'd from be 2013. They be <laughs> Israel had Folau in top spot. <laughs> yeah. Ten tries in, in his... Uh, 2013 Lions breakthrough year yeah. and Kellaway's on eight with, with the Autumn International still to go good man good man well let's <laughs> well let's hope he does it let's hope he does it because it's a, it's a, it's a great record to have <laughs> um, yeah New Zealand Australia's problem they're kind of like Donnie Wahlberg to Mark Wahlberg on in a way like you know, Donnie's a pretty good actor in his own right, but he's, he's not he, Marky Mark, though, is he? No, you don't want to be comparing him to you know, to his brother. And be, you know, that, <laughs> Australia would, would do well not to play New Zealand for a few years, I'd say. Yeah, good luck with with that. Yeah, good luck someone else. Your closest neighbour. Were they both in that boy band, New Kids on the Block? No idea. That, that's your domain, not mine. Because <laughs> uh, obviously Mark Wahlberg now he, he was Marky Mark for a bit, like a rapper on his own. Yeah. And then he turned and then he turned actor. And then he released his daily schedule that shows he gets up at like three in the morning to drink eight eggs and do a workout or something, and then go in a cryo chamber or whatever. But um, I think uh, one, one or both of them were in New Kids on the Block. I've got his schedule up here. Oh yeah, his schedule is amazing. You know, he gets up earlier than me. What? <laughs> 2.30 a.m. wake up. <laughs> Nonsense. That is Nonsense. No one, no one can get up at 2.30 a.m. What does he do at 2.30? Uh, he does, well, I mean, he does go to bed at 7.30 p.m. Why? So he's just shifted his yeah. his day like four hours earlier. What does earlier. he do at 2.30? Uh, wake up, 2.30. 15-minute wake-up period. Uh, 2.45, prayer. 
So again, his his um, schedule is diverging Who's from mine pretty pretty, consulted, pretty significantly. Um, three fifteen breakfast, so thirty minute prayer breakfast, and then why would you get up at two thirty to have forty five minutes before you actually get going with your day? Come on, anyway, <laughs> why, why do you do it and miss like the best part of the day, which is the evening? Three fifteen breakfast, breakfast, and then three forty to five fifteen. So that's uh, an hour and thirty five minute workout. Uh, which is workout number one. Um, that's a long workout. Could be stretches, though. Could be stretches. Could be doing all yeah. sorts of mobility stuff. Yeah, possibly. He's an older boy, so he needs to work needs, on the mobility. He needs to do that stuff. I need to do some of that stuff as well. Um, post-workout meal, shower, golf for 30 minutes. Golf for 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> nice. Nine holes. Yeah. <laughs> Snack. Uh, he then has he has an hour and a half having a snack. Uh, he's in the cryo chamber, 9:30. He has another snack for half an hour at 10:30, and then he has uh, a scheduled two hours of it's family time slash meetings and work calls. Wow. Lunch, more meetings and work calls. Pick up kids, another snack. His second workout. Is the is the for- third snack half an hour as well? Uh, third snack is half an hour. So he spends an hour and a half snacking, snacking. and 30 minutes playing golf. Snacking. <laughs> snacking, yeah. Was he, was he grazing? <laughs> uh, his, his lunch is an hour as well. He's, he's spending a lot of time eating. And then he has t- uh, two hours of dinner slash family time and then bedtime. This was posted by uh, Marky Mark as well. I don't believe any of Wahlberg. that. I, I don't believe any of it. Nonsense. So. There was a, did you see the... Is it Tom Hollander? Tom Holland or Tom Hollander? Don't know. Tom Holland, the, the like Spider-Man guy. No, Tom Hollander. I don't know who that is. Who's that? The actor. I'm saying the right person. Aren't he? he was in Night Manager and lots of other things. Oh yeah, I, Tom I know Hollander. Corky from Night Manager. Him. Yeah. He, he did a similar one that was very good fun. I who was I, the one? No, no. Who was the one who didn't? Uh, the guy, Who was the one who did one that everyone was really laughing about? This this was a, this was a good one. The Tom Hollander one it was very good. Um, I won't read it out because some yep, of it's yeah. uh, relatively profane. But go and look it up. Yeah. Tom Hollander routine. Okay, all right. So there was look. another one that was very funny and like unbelievably oh, middle class. Was, was it Jude Law? No, no. Someone like that. Yeah, there was remember. one that was ludicrous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, it might come back to me. Uh, Sal- uh, Saracens have been uh, sold. Yes. Nigel Ray retaining a minority stake, but a his non-controlling, non-controlling minority stake. stake. Yeah, uh, and it's a consortium including <sighs> names like Francois Pinar. There's um, what's it called? Uh, an insurance company of yeah, Enstar. Yes, group. that's right. Mm. Insurance. And there's something to do with Dr. Dre in there as well. Uh, Rock, Rock Nation. Rock Nation comes the Jay-Z even the board. Of, someone from the board of Rock Nation, I think, comes onto the board rather than taking ownership. I think. Yeah. So lots of things going on here. First and foremost, we all owe an enormous debt of gratitude, whether you like him or not, to Nigel Ray, who has done absolutely marvellous things for this sport. So I don't know if he really means he's going to be bowing out, but if he is, um, yeah, you know, best best of luck, whatever you do do next, and thank you very much for all of your millions of quid. Yeah, and as an England fan who had one of the best days, disappointed with the final, but had one of the best days watching rugby in that England versus New Zealand semi-final at the 2019 World Cup, Look at the names on the pitch. Yeah. Where they came from, their story, and Nigel Ray the night, yeah. has a massive, massive role to play in, in that. 
Yeah. And, and anyone who enjoyed the last few Lions tours as well. Yeah. The number of Saracens. Nigel Ray has allegedly written an autobiography. But you can't get it. Because he's written it for his family. Ah. So there are copies out there if you can if you can find it. But they're very, very rare. That it's not on sale. That mm. says quite a lot about the man, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That he... His memoirs he doesn't want to make public, but he wants he wants them to be there for posterity. But actually, yeah. he only he doesn't really care about what me or what any of us think. He only cares about what the people he cares about think. Exactly. Mm. So um, yeah. Anyway, uh, the other thing about this I don't uh, I don't know if I do like it or don't like it. I'm very very cautious. Is this fella from Rock Nation? Do not like Rock Nation. Do not think that they're good good, good for the game. I think we're gonna have more issues because of these guys than anything else. Um, they've been involved with various athletes so far, various social campaigns, and in my mind, they're looking to make money out of division and pushing the social aspect of sport rather than rather than the sport sporting aspect. They've got a track record of it so far. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me, and I don't want them. In other sports, you referring to? Uh, yes. I'm not really aware of anything that they're, they're doing. Well, um, they have. Who do they have on their books? Well, obviously, Rock Nation have Maratoji. They've got a handful of rugby players. They have Marcus Rashford. Uh, they have they have a, f- a few a, f- a few lads. And I think there's a lot of focus on things ancillary to the sport that sport that they play. And I don't think it, I think it's done for the wrong reasons too. I think it's vacu- vacuous reasons. So you, I'm. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and hopefully they bring all of their experience with entertainment and other sports to rugby and grows the game, and it's brilliant. But I have my doubts. So um, there was other news this week that Marrow has just signed a big deal as one of the faces of uh, M&S. Yes. For, for their clothing line, which obviously Nigel Ray will be taking. A nice. <laughs> no wonder bit, he's retired. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice bit of... Uh, Profit from? Yeah, so I, right. So I tweet, tweeted about this to put some uh, meat on the bones. If you don't know this, one of the things that Saracens got pinged for in the salary cap investigation was a uncommercial deal yep. between Nigel Ray and Maratoji, where Maratoji sold some of his image rights for eight hundred thousand pounds. This was allegedly not a commercial deal. It sounds pretty bloody commercial now. Well, I think part of the problem was they just didn't do. They didn't have any evidence to back it up that, it, that they had done their due diligence on the, the value of it. Yeah. So it looked on the face of it like the they were just stuffing money to whereas, him. Whereas Nigel well. Ray's played a bloody blinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he's probably getting has. A, he's getting a return many times over <laughs> on his investment. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, here's something interesting for you, right? So it's not just image rights that you can do this with. You can do it with player salaries too. Now, no one's done this in uh, rugby. But in baseball, there are people with algorithms figuring out who they think is going to be a good player. And up front, they're saying, look, we're going to give you, make it the number, 20 million quid. Could be 200 million quid. I don't, I don't know the number. But you're going to pay us 60% of your earnings going forward forever. So it's not just image rights that you can do it with. You can basically securitize almost anything. So, well, it's, the- so it's guaranteed up front so they can say to the player, you get an injury. Here it is. You're fine. However. Yeah, yeah go to your financial planner. Beardmore and Co. Maybe Beardmore and Co. Is financial <laughs> advisors, maybe, um, and then you know you can do all your planning. You can be secure with your twenty million. You'll still earn in the future, and you want to keep that carrot dangling for them because otherwise, yeah, yeah. they might just disappear. They just tank. Yeah, they'll take a hundred percent of you. I'll give you a hundred million. I'll take a hundred percent of your earnings Gone. going forward. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to Las Vegas. But that's what See they do guys. in baseball. And I think actually, didn't Carlos Tevez and Mascherano. Uh, Mascherano, yeah, I think, similar. Mascherano. Yeah, because there, there were issues. Yeah, there were issues when they were signed because they were not owned by another 
football club. Yeah. They were owned by a consortium of investors. Um. Um, there is another thing that I find interesting from this Saracens, and it's one of the other um, members of the consortium who we've not actually mentioned, is the last named in the official statement, a chap called Marco V. Massotti, mm. who is interesting for two reasons. And he was also in the press earlier this year for one reason. So he is the chap. Did who, he? Was he the one who uh, killed the alpaca? What's <laughs> <laughs> he done? Nothing that exciting. Um, so he is a New York lawyer. Yeah. His partner at Paul Weiss. But he is also part owner of the Sharks in South Africa. Oh, uh, the, the the business name with the We Are the Greatest Company no, in the World. No, no, that's Southern no. Kings. Oh, that's Southern, Southern Kings, Kings. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, the reason he was in the press earlier this year was because at the start of the, or when it first announced that World Rugby were going to investigate Razi Erasmus's 62-minute rant that somehow got released um, about the referees, about Nick Berry, he uh, tweeted that I've got a team of New York lawyers on, oh, yeah. um, on retain, <laughs> basically waiting to go, let's put World Rugby on trial. So he was threatening to step <laughs> in to... to <laughs> So that's a team to, of New York, legitimately has a team of New York he lawyers. He actually does have a team of, he has hundreds of New York lawyers wow. waiting there. So you are now waiting, and if, if, there's one, if there's one club who needs some legal help on tap, yeah, Saracens, they've got it sorted. Oh, jeez, dear God. So, I mean, they revolutionised the rugby world with clever accounting, and now they're going to do it with clever legal play. Yes. Can't wait for this. Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Um, so that's one of the reasons why it's interesting. The other is the fact that he is um, owner, or at least a part owner, of... Um, the Sharks and the Sharks will be eligible to play in uh, European rugby from next yeah. season and we've actually seen this before we've because Altrad uh, couldn't buy Gloucester and Hans-Peter Wild who has ownership of Stade Francais and a German team the German team finished top and got would have got promoted into uh, the Europa League whatever it's called champion uh, the Challenge Cup but they couldn't because there was joint ownership so it, it it does it creates some interesting well, this things going forward. Is, maybe he just loves rugby. I hope he listens. Does he listen? Maybe. I'm pretty sure he listens. Lots of people do listen. I, I sort of I met a lot of people the last few weeks that that um, just chat about stuff on the pod. Yeah, I, I met a listener called Chris today. Hello, Chris. Um, yeah, she just uh, strolled right past Don Armand, made a beat. Be, be <laughs> oh, I forgot. I'd, I'd, I'd mentioned one of our listeners is uh, Bath team manager. Oh, awesome! Or very soon to be ex team manager oh, Sophie, no. who is going to Toulouse with. Oh, uh, that's okay. Awesome. With her with her husband, who's SNC. He's moving to Toulouse oh, on the SNC team. So yeah. Awesome. Ah, oh, SNC at Toulouse. That, there's, there's probably quite a lot of upside. They're an amazing team, and there's probably also quite a lot of upside for that team with the right SNC. Interesting. That is interesting. Mm. Well, why don't we talk about Bath Bristol? Because you were there. Yeah, I was. Uh, absolutely immense. I felt so lucky to be there. The atmosphere was out of this world. I bet it was. And it's, there's an element where I'm, I, I'm, I've been, we've been starved of d- nights like this with full stadiums and that roar. But even in, I was really trying to be objective, and even compared to anything that I remember from a few years ago. This was one of the best rugby atmospheres I've, I, I can remember. It, the noise, I cannot believe how loud it was. It yeah. was an unreal. It looked like an absolute banger on TV. It looked amazing. I do have a 
bit of a, an issue with the TV. There seemed to be some kids quite close to one of the microphones that was picked up for a, a big kids. period, like chatting and coughing and screaming. So they were one of the louder sounds from what I was watching. I was watching it down in the gym with um, the speakers on. And I kept on getting these kids screaming and coughing. And actually, Jamal Ford Robinson also had the same thing, and he did that little tweet there. <laughs> Me trying to watch a game of rugby, my soundbar, and coughing and screaming kids. So I wasn't alone in uh, having my... I didn't notice that. I don't know why I didn't notice it. Do you have the volume right down? Uh, so I you could shout at the TV. focused on the, you know, on the game. <laughs> Laser focus. It was that loud that I basically had to just kind of guess when... <laughs> the director had said and cue Tim because I couldn't bloody hear anything <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great what a night what a game what, I, yeah what a game I found this incredibly hard to work out who would be who, well who'd win look at the teams I think Bath or well it's not as disaster I mean three losses in a row is bad for anyone particularly if you've got the you know the high hopes of Bath I, and the but, high hopes of Bristol yeah but you know they can look at that and say, Fox is pretty good. Bailey's bloody good. Yeah. Um, Max Adromo is out Amazing. of this world good. Will Muir. Will Muir. Will Muir, class. The Glanville, class. I mean, Bayliss, class. Underhill, class. Yeah. Um, Reed came, came on again. Yeah. Reed. You know, all of these lads that they've got, they need to start ripping up contracts and just giving these guys start after start after start. They have got it completely wrong. Get rid of these guys who aren't playing. Play the guys that, that you can play. Invest the future in, the, in this Bailey. Throw in the kids, as, as you're saying. <laughs> yeah, great teams. Great teams always have that one player that won't necessarily get the plaudits in the stand, but just is the glue. Quite often a second row. Yeah. Just does so much work. And Bath, Josh McNally is that guy, isn't he? My God, his work rate is unreal. Yeah. Well, I mean, so is Bayless. And I think this might be one of the reasons that they're, that they're losing. So, uh, the Newcastle game was noticeable because Bath came with this brand new intensity and attitude and they were flying off the line. And there's no excuse why I thought the first half against Bristol, they were the, be- they were the better team. They, they, they were. They were definitely the better team, first half. I just don't think... And that, I'd, well, I'd actually say, to the point about uh, McNally and Underhill, who had an amazing game... Those two were taken off early. Yeah, yeah. exactly the M- point M- I was going to make. 47 minutes, Underhill 54 Yeah, and there was a massive was like, noticeable drop-off. Why? Uh, well, why I'm, are you I'm, taking those I think, two? I think I know why. I think the reason for it is they just couldn't keep up that level of performance. I just don't think it's possible to get off the line that, that quick, work that hard for that for that amount of time. And Bath are almost naive in how they go about their business because they were, they, well, they basically punched themselves out. Now, if they'd have scored those, those or tried to allow for a Jomo... Uh, yeah, which shouldn't have been disallowed. Yeah, well the, well, the two things happened very close together. Harry uh, Harry Randall knocked on in the build-up to Stephen Lewis' try. Yep. They, the they, try, the they try was given. Back. They didn't go back and check it. They could have done. And But I was stood right next to the bath bench, and they all saw it. Yeah. yeah. They all saw it. I, I saw it. Uh, and then and then moments later, Max Ajomo scores, not, uh, given a knock-on. And it was called back. The issue with this is they couldn't go and check it because, because Ian not... Tempest blew the whistle yeah, just, before, Will, just before Ajomo dived to score. Rather than letting the, him dive, put it down, oh. blew up beforehand because the assistant referee, Carl Dixon, said knock on. Tempest blew up. So Dixon got the call wrong. But he, I, I, this is on Tempest for me because yeah, yeah. 
you let it go because it would have made no difference to, to play. It was all Ajoma had to do was run the last two metres and put the ball down. Then you check it. Yeah. And yeah. Tempest made a big mistake. <sighs> and you'd be, you'd be frustrated. And Hooper, obviously, in your interview, you could tell he was frustrated he was with, fuming. with so that. What, angry, angry Stuart Hooper's far more inspiring than standard Stuart Hooper. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I liked him. I, I liked, him. liked him. I liked him as well. Show me this. Yeah, because there's that. There was some. There was a lot of scrum penalties against Bath. Some of which I think were were correct, and some were perhaps a little bit dubious. Albeit Bath, like Charlie Yule's knocks on over the line. Charlie Yule runs a great line oh, in the first does, half, and it kind of bounces off. If he takes that, You're right. it's a seven pointer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a few things go Bath's way, and all that hard work early doors starts to stick because they can play a different 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 way. They can you know slow it down. They can do all sorts of bits and pieces. I mean, whether they will or not, I don't know. I don't know. But that work starts to stick. The other place where they're horribly naive is their mall defence. They swing mm. at the sides, yellow yellow cards. Like, you don't need to do that. I mean, that's the most stupid thing in the world. They've got a big enough pack. They should be disciplined and well-coached enough not to come at the sides of malls. Do it once, sure. But don't do don't. it time and time again. Yeah, and then once you're, once you're down a man, it becomes even harder. I mean, when the, I think the winning try was scored, there were two men in the forwards down, and then it becomes impossible to... Yeah to defend Phil's already mentioned it there was okay fine you can say McNally and Underhill couldn't keep up that level of work rate for the whole time but they both came off together within a few minutes of each other within, yeah. within a couple of minutes of each other and as soon as the second one had gone off that's that's that was the heart of Bath's team that was their main engine and it, they just and they just dropped off cliff yeah. Underhill must be able to like, Underhill is an international player he yeah. is quality well, so is McNally now yeah true but Underhill is I mean, his yeah. performance a couple of years ago, um, maybe three years ago now against New Zealand, when England narrowly lost, was just amazing. Like, he's such a good player. Yeah. He's such a physical player, but he's got a great engine. He reads the game so well. He re- defensive line, his line speed and his reading of the game, when he nails people, he's absolutely awesome. And I just... Uh, Miles Reed is brilliant, and he's he's all... like He's everywhere. He's a real menace. But he wasn't hitting people. Like, those yeah. hits from Underhill... So I actually think they've got those two the wrong way around. I think I start Miles Reed and bring on Underhill. I'd probably I'd probably start Miles Reed and Underhill have Tom Ellis on the bench. So you can yeah, you can fair. cover a few more positions. Uh, but any anyway, Bayless work, works his little socks off, which is brilliant to say. But the reason I do it the other way around is because I think Reed can work hard for an extended period of time, and then if you bring on that absolute psychopath for the last thirty, I mean, what <laughs> what do you need more to lift your spirits and seeing Sam Underhill trot off the bench with Tom Dunn? I mean, that's brilliant. That's yeah. what they need. But fair play Bristol for coming back, yeah, and, and not winning how they have won games last last year. I mean, they they have done the rolling mall stuff in the past, but they were. They did not win the open field battle. Bath won the open field battle, the, the battle in the wild oh. channels. Bath, Bath clearly won it, and Bristol still found a way to win. I mean, incredibly, Fox and Bailey, who were meant to be the weak links, I mean, Bath are going to announce a new scrum half this week, towards the end of the week. They've alleged, oh, Hooper says they've signed somebody, they've just not released it yet. And they're also looking at a new fly half as well as cover. Don't, well, I mean, they, obviously you need cover. But I think I'd give these guys yeah. an extended period. I really would. I'd say I, Cip- I would. Cipriani, sit, sit him on the bench. Um, and, you know, if you need him, he's he's knocking about And just go for it. Because they they were outplaying Bristol. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Bailey, I think one of the benefits of having Cipriani is you could you could see some of the Cipriani blueprint in some of Bailey's play. Yeah. And what I mean is the, 
the kind of double pump the delay. to delay and draw the defender that extra yard in with then the man coming round the back as the lift. And he did that a few times to great effect in the first half. And then the crossfit. Did you see his crossfit? The Sippers-esque mm. low... Over like, his shoulder almost. Yeah, but yeah, it was like like a hooked round, but a low trajectory crossfield kick that Sippers did it for Gloucester a couple of years ago. And it, you could see like it had those Cipriani markers on the, the Bailey play. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Completely agree. Uh, one thing on um, just Bristol in general, I don't, uh, well, and this is, you know, slightly straying out of rugby, but it was it was relevant to the trip to Ashton Gate, which I loved. I, I was buzzing. Bristol have got these uh, electronic scooters everywhere, ones that mm. are much like the kind of uh, bikes in London. You yeah, yeah. Sort of well, you get, there's and loads Liverpool. of scooters in London, you, you'll know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool yeah. as well, they've got yeah. the bottom as well. But I think Bristol had more, de- more densely yeah, yeah. Than, than I think anywhere I've seen before. They had all these. I'm not sure how I feel about these. Because a load of pissed up lads coming out of a rugby game and scooting himself into town on main roads. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a great idea. Well, the, the, the scooters, I think... So, I've seen some of the electric ones. I'm, I'm sure there, there are either brands you can buy that are unlimited or you can unlimit them. I've seen guys whizzing down my street in Manchester and in London doing, like, 45 miles an hour. With no, no helm. <laughs> like, it looks... Lethal. Uh, the the is, wheels, you, wheels are that big. You only make the mistake once, though, don't you? <laughs> you do. On that scooter, and I'm happy with them. I'm happy for them to take their lives in their own hands. I'm more than happy. Natural selection. Yeah. Well, the, the only reason, like, as I said, there was 25,000 people walking back towards but, Bristol City Centre, and there was a few of them that nearly got. Yeah. Um, but hang on, <laughs> taken let, out. Let me ask you the question the other way: Would you ever take a scooter unless you were a pissed up lad coming uh, <laughs> going no. for a rugby game? No. I can't think of it. The only time I've ever tried to use a scooter was drunk in Liverpool. I think. <laughs> There's a correlation here. <laughs> <laughs> so, excellent stuff. Yeah, and Bath, none from three, all from three. You know, green I, shoots, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I don't even feel. I'm not even going to go on my Stuart Hooper rant. Although I will say this, I will say this. One of the best bits. He was angry, and you said to him, and you went to you. Is there a process this <laughs> Of course there's a process! Uh, did I say, is there a process, or did I say, are you satisfied that, that there's a process you can go through? Something like that. Yeah. Of course there's a process! Yes, there's a process! There's a process! I loved yeah. that. Uh, that was my favourite clip. Yeah, uh, but I agree with you. I, I uh, It's more fire from Stuart Hooper yeah. than I think I've ever seen, and, yeah. I, and I liked it. Rip up your book, Stuart. Just be yourself. And actually, if you're going to give him credit, give him credit for the players that he's bought through rather than the players that... Either he signed or the boss signed well, for him. But bearing in mind what we've been talking about with uh, Bath in recent seasons, where and Govan Dempsey went, let's not forget, they just didn't seem to have any cutting edge in attack. They're looking like they've got a got a shape starting to build in this attack. Is a, which is a serious d- question, right? I think I, I, I do know the answer, I guess. Of Danny Superiore. I don't think he likes playing anymore. In fact, I don't think he's enjoyed playing for a while. Just the way he sort of carries himself and all the rest of it. Why is he just going to coaching? Like, legitimately, why is he just... Because he's got all his stuff to teach, and I think he does he teach things. He can't earn 300k coaching. No, but he can learn it for the rest of his life. Uh, mm. So, even Gloucester now, they were doing launch plays from Atkinson, which are from Danny Cipriani. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There is a... Now, are they from Danny Cipriani, or are they from Paul Deacon? You decide. But it doesn't really matter at this point. You know, he's got... He'll have been to a load of clubs. He's left his imprint on how all of them play. Mm. You know, he's a very influential guy. 
I just wonder if you'd be better off coaching without all the stress and all the pressure and everything which com- comes along with it. And he can just do the things that he seems to be really good at, which is imprinting these ideas onto players. No, two years in France, 500k a year, okay, then, yeah. then then coaching. Yeah, then coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you really see the next televised game, the Saracens-Leicester game? Just before you go there, um, oh, yeah. uh, well, I've got to say thank you to an email that's come in. Contact at gmail.com. Uh, with an, uh, and this one's from Philip Stoko. There's a bunch of great ones ready to go for this, so hopefully Ugo stays in Strictly Come Dancing for many weeks to come. Uh, the, late, the name for this for the segment this week is Shake Your Monier Maker. Very Perfect. good. Very Philip Stoko, nice work. Contact Eggchasers at gmail.com. Uh, Ugo this week, did you see him? No, no, I didn't. But <laughs> so I was, I was disappointed that he wasn't wearing as tight-fitting attire this week. He was wearing a more sort of conventional suit, mm. which didn't show off the shape that he's got himself in. Yep, which is a shame. But there you go. Or kept himself in more accurately. Kept yeah. himself in. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, he's right. never lost it. <laughs> no, no, you're right. Um, so uh, he was. I think he might have been actually bottom scorer, but he was right. He was near the bottom. But he stayed. He was in, last week. He? But they were saved. So it was much improved. Yeah. Still relatively low compared to the rest of the field, but they were saved. So clearly there is a um, the public are warming to them. Yes. To him. Well, fing- fingers crossed because probably more people are learning about rugby through, you know, the hips of Ugo than they are actually <laughs> from. Uh, well, certainly they are certainly more than they are watching the Channel Five highlights show at the moment. <laughs> and can I also say that how good is it having Brian O'Driscoll in Ugo's stead? Mm, I love Bod. It's great having Bod. <sighs> yes. He's it, genuinely interested. And I can tell you from the WhatsApp groups preparing for games and stuff, he is watching game tape hours for hours. That's not my problem. That's not my problem. problem is he's wearing trainers. So <laughs> <laughs> this week, Lawrence looked like he was um, probably off to like a biker cafe. Now, I wasn't <laughs> sure if like maybe maybe he has bought, uh, you know, a, a triumph. Maybe this is a, this is actually his mode of transport. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed that one bit. And I do love Bod. I love how he talks talks about the game. Yeah, I do. Brilliant. Wearing trainers. It's not good enough. <laughs> like the the pandemic is over, gents. They need to get back onto jackets and ties. Yeah. Look, if you want to wear some statement trainers with your with your jacket, by all means, do so. In a Fabian Galtier style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If that's what if that's what you're going for, go for it. But I wasn't impressed with outfits. Do you know what? If it wasn't for Sara, I think you'd be. I think you'd be lost. I think you'd all be lost. Mm, it's always disappointing that we don't get to see more of you on, I, on camera. I too. always have a pocket square. Yeah, you do. In fairness, and, and, I, and, I, and I always have like I have different pins that and. Um, do you think mm. you sort of have? on my jacket. I have my Royal Navy, uh, Royal Air Force um, centenary um, uh, pin uh, on this week. That is very well. Why don't you stop? No, not stop. No, hang on. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to get you a watch sponsor, right? So you can dress up your wrist. Yeah. If we can get you a partnership with like Brightling well, or something. I don't That's even, a great idea. I, don't I could even, lend you. I don't even do the wrist now because the, oh, yeah, the COVID, COVID thing is they, they, have, they have the mic stand that they put in front of the DORs. I, all right. I'm going to make a wax. I miss holding my microphone. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make you a wax wrist. Because think about it. You're going to put and you, you talk on about a stick, you, you on talk a ten foot pole with and, a wax wrist and, you know, yeah. <laughs> and a, an amazing, a 20 grand watch on it exactly <laughs> and do you know what I know the guys I know the guys who are in the watch shop or yeah yeah I do who are in the watch shop over in over in Wilmslow um, Pre- uh, Preston Bolton's mm. yes 
Yeah, uh, the Rolex dealer. I'm sure we can come to some sort of arrangement. Do you know, because <laughs> in, in years gone by, Stuart Hooper would never have been able to interrupt me yeah. and say, of course there's a process! <laughs> there's a process! <laughs> because he could only talk when, when I got... handed the microphone yeah. to him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully, when that's all reversed, we'll, we'll, we'll sort you out with a uh, watch a watch sponsor. I don't think it'll ever be reversed. Mm, it has to be. It has to be. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. It will. There is elements that are ridiculous. So, I was stood in the tunnel on this occasion. This is the most like normal it's ever felt because um, the way Ashton Gate is, I was stood in the tunnel, so the players were coming in and out, and so it was how it used to be in that sense. I watched the game stood in the stood in the tunnel on halfway. And so you sort of felt the crowd right in between the benches, all the things that you can see and feel. And as a result, I could feed back to the. Um, I was ch- chatting with Ben Spencer, and uh, anyway, so I, I won't go into that. Um, never mind. Let me move on. Um, <laughs> but the uh, point being, um, I was, for, I was, I had to uh, this Premiership rugby's <clears throat> rules. I, I had to wear a, a mask. <sighs> but literally, literally, me and the BT Sport floor manager, who also had to, were the only people. There was not a, not any member no. of any team staff w- was was doing likewise. No, uh, same with sale today. There's a hand, there's one or two people in the um, reception who had to wear it, and then everyone else just basically bend it off. It, and it does make me a little bit uncomfortable going to a hospitality venue or any any venue really, and where staff are basically enforced to wear. Yeah, to wear I a don't mask. like it. And it's, it's almost like a segregation of yeah. yeah. Like, people, if you choose to wear a mask, absolutely fine. Do do whatever you want. But where certain people are forced to wear a mask and certain people are not forced, it makes me uncomfortable. And, and it's often server. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, th- and thankfully, server-master relationship as well. Yeah, none of the um, none of the staff in the AJ Bill were wearing them. Thank God. Um, what was I say? I was going to say something profound then. No, it's gone. Gone. Sorry, I I'm sure I'll come back to you. Yeah. Apologise. So yeah, Ugo still in Strictly. A fantastic. Yeah. Shake your monier maker. We'll have another name for another segment. But uh, any Next more suggestions? Uh, contact chasers at gmail dot com. Hmm. The Saturday uh, live Premiership game. Rugby, sorry, I was going to say, yes. Uh, the reason they're not taken seriously is because of all these performative, me- performative measures. That, that, that's what I want to say. <laughs> Please continue. Sat- Saturday's game. Saturday's game, which there was uh, is not short of controversy, particularly with the end. Yeah. Awesome. So it, if, you, if you watch the game, um, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't the highest quality affair because of the weather. There was drop balls from both teams. There's a lot of kicking, some some intelligent tactical kicking, some a um, little bit aimless. It was 12-3 with five minutes to go. George Ford slots a penalty to make it 12-6. And then in the last second, this is where the controversy comes in, uh, who's going down the, Dan Kelly going down the left wing gets tackled half into touch and then Alan Davis has come half, comes and finishes the tackle when he's on the floor and pushes him into touch. Which for which he was penalised. For which he was penalised because he was tackling a man on the floor, diving onto a player on the floor. So he the penalty gets given against him. I, I did feel sorry for. I mean, technically speaking, that is a penalty, but it feels cause it was, it, he was, was it one of those instances that could have pushing him bigger. Well, no, it, he was pushing him into touch. It was like uh, Ali Davis was was on the deck. Uh, so, uh, Ali Davis? No, no, no. Dan sorry. Kelly. Was Dan on Kelly the... was on the deck within half a meter of the touch line. Had just been tackled, and Alad Davis five meters from his five meters from Saracen's line, and Alad Davis came in and dived. Um, d- not dangerous, not head. No, just, just the guy was on the floor, and he do he, he did a dive to the player to push him out into touch. What into was touch. that? 
Uh, so can't tackle a player who's already tackled. tackled yeah, going off your feet, perhaps. But, but like, you can move players. So if he just stayed on his feet and dragged him. Yeah. So is the law moving the players, the tackle player, or coming off your feet, or what? Is I the think law? I think it's coming off your feet. So he dives off his feet onto a player who has been tackled. But is it okay? Fine. It all happens. It all happens so quickly. So, so yeah. it's an interesting one because a couple of weeks ago, uh, in the Bristol Saracens game, Billy got oh yeah plaudits for an amazing. Uh, there's a cover tackle being made by Elliot Obatiimbo. Yeah. Um, on I think it was Johan Lloyd. Billy then comes in and basically clears both. They're both on the floor and he, he wipes. I mean, he is the weight of both of them put together. Yeah. He wipes both of them into touch and gets the plaudits for them. This is a very similar situation, and the penalty goes against. But the the most controversial bit is Freddie Stewart then dives in on Alan Davis with a chicken wing, Uh-oh. and it's a Elbow, um, upper arm, shoulder to Alad Davis's to head. Alad Davis's head. And um, referee Christoph Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. He obviously checks it. That is shown on the screen, but he doesn't check that. The penalty goes to Leicester. It should have been reversed, and the penalty to Saracens. Leicester score with a penalty try, win the game. It should have been game over, and Saracens win. Well, Saracens' own fault for did, being close enough get, to lose. Did that get brought up afterwards, or was it missed totally? Because uh, so I get the I've, sense it was missed. I've only seen Ben Kay put a tweet up about it today, but I think it, it'll be interesting to see if it gets cited because it's while there wasn't an enormous amount of force from uh, Freddie Stewart, it is a red card offence. Yeah, like he dives yep. off his feet with a tucked arm and hits Alan Davis in the head, so it should be a sighting. And they, they get disciplined with a one-match ban or whatever. But it, I mean, that could be a three-matcher. It could be the force was low, but it is a red. It, yeah. It's a red card offence. Red card offence with head contact. Yeah, red. Uh, uh, Rhino head, Peterson to twelve-week ban for that tackle we were talking about the other week. Well, now that so that I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, Cause, cause, let's do it after Leicester. Let's let's okay. keep, let's heap praise on Leicester and their amazing signings and the best signing. It, in the Premiership for a long, long time, which is Steve Borthwick, by a country mile. Steve Borthwick and Sinfield? Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Both, I think both Sinfields getting a lot of praise, and perhaps Aled Waters as well. Yeah, God, but yeah. But Borthwick is the man. Borthwick is the absolute boy. Like, he just is. When you listen to him talk in these in these <clears> presses, <throat> he's just... He's different level. He's a different level. You say that much like you said, yeah, and I agree. Uh, but what I would, what I would say from, uh, and this is purely from my selfish point of view, what I would like from uh, Steve Borthwick is to loosen up and and uh, much like you said about Stuart Hooper, you 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 really enjoyed a bit of authenticity yeah. from Stuart Hooper. Like you saw some real emotion. Not here's the points I want to get across, and I'm going to get them across in a you know in a in that way, in an, in an interview or a press conference or something. The same with Steve Borthwick. He's clearly a very, very articulate man. Well, a clear articulate rugby mind. Oh, he's a genius. I'd I'm like sure to hear. I'd like to hear him a bit loosened up and being saying uh, saying how he feels. Or this is not a criticism bit. of people who ask him questions, right? I legitimately do not think there is many people out there who have got you know, good enough questions to get it. Because you ask him a rugby question, he gives you a great rugby answer. And I, I, you know, I certainly don't understand the game in depth enough to ask him the question. Same with Sanderson, ask the questions to get the information out. You well, just that, in, that Stuart Hooper interview you loved, which I agree. Yeah. I, I I was standing there in front of him and I loved it. Uh, it that wasn't 
in-depth rugby stuff. That was... No, that was different, though. So what I love about listening to Borthwick is he gives you these little bits of information which you can't write a headline with. But you think, that is absolutely spot on. Like, why have I never thought of that? So this week, he said, you know, the penalty count was X last week. Steve, how do you get the penalty count down? He goes, well, it's not about total penalties. It's about not compounding the penalties. And he said, mm. we are giving away penalties <clears throat> in the middle of the park. Statistically, they'll then kick to the corner. When the kick to the corner is pressure. After pressure, you'll give two or three of the penalties. We're not looking to eliminate all the penalties. If we just eliminate that one penalty, we'll then eliminate the next three. I was like, yeah, of course you would. That's so obvious. Yeah, and it's it's such a thing that we've said, and I've, I've had frustration with England in the past where they've compounded the penalties by not give away one, okay, but then when you put two, three, yeah. four in a row, that's when you start conceding tries and pressure. But it's also builds. like a mindset, isn't it? Because teams will say to themselves, let's not give away a penalty in front of our own sticks where, where it's kickable. That's what they'll say, and they'll play differently. And then... In their in the opposition half, they might play a little bit looser on the breakdown, mm. try and try and you know steal things. But what Borthwick's saying is, if you want to cut down the pe- penalty count, you need to play like you would underneath your own sticks, Everywhere. over there. Well, well, the difference is under your own sticks. Actually, the classic Leicester model yeah, back well in the day that. was always give away the three, give away the three points. So always just kill, give away a penalty on your own line rather than seven. Yeah, and that's where like that's where yellow cards become really, really yeah. useful. Because you give cynical penalties away in the red zone, you're off. Every time I've listened to him speak, I've learned something, which I think mm. is quite incredible. These are two. It wasn't. It wasn't a good. Wasn't a great game, but it was a committed game, and these are two legit teams. And it was an interesting tactic from um, from um, Borthwick to at least in part have a bomb squad. So he loaded his bench and had a slightly weaker starting team. So like Freddie Stewart on the bench. Uh, Van Portfleet, who I think is better than Ben Young's, on the yeah. bench. Harry Wells on the bench. Ellis Genge, the captain, on the bench to, that, yeah. to come on and put in uh, stability, leadership, explosiveness. Yeah. And how cool for the Welford Road um, fans to watch Ford v Farrell for the, like, the mm. whole game. Uh, my favourite bit was the fact that Owen Farrell's picture on the little team head-to-head shots before the game had uh, Juan Mata's face. The <laughs> Man United midfielder. And uh, but also, I think it was Jamie George and someone else also had Juan Mata's face. Why? Is it just a gag? <laughs> I don't know. Just an error on the, on the coding from... Nice. Oh, wow. Okay, fair, fair, fair enough. Uh, what a win. Well, I mean, this is a statement of intent now. It feels a lot like we're in, I don't know, 2012. Two unbeaten teams are Saints and... Well, not, yeah, unbeaten <coughs> Saints and Tigers. I mm. wouldn't, wouldn't have guessed that sort of season. <coughs> Absolutely. Good. It was good stuff. Enjoy, yeah. in, enjoyed the spectacle. Um, Rhino Peterson. So this is yes. a tackle, just to remind you, if you don't remember, it was a tackle that was getting a lot of um, attention on... That wonderful nuanced conversation space called Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was a guy who, in the French top 14, was he playing for Montpellier? I can't remember. Is it Montpellier versus Cass. Yeah. yeah. And he he uh, scrum half does a big kick, and just after contact, arguably late, Rhino Peterson puts in a monster of a tackle, dives, hits him. Uh, and we discussed that length. This was the, when you were down um, stocking up your. Uh, uh, yeah. cabinet. Your, exactly. Your I was bunker. polishing my pistols. Mm. Uh, and so he, it, it was up late potentially. It was not high. It was 
legal in in the law other than the potential lateness of it. Nigel, what's his face? Nigel Owens. Nigel Owens waded in, as did a lot of people on Twitter, saying it was it deserves Wait, a very very action. long uh, ban. Which Nigel Owens got his got his wish. Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks reduced from twenty four. On and what have they cited? What have they given as the reason for the offence? So they've given it under nine seventeen. 9.17. 9.17, which is... Is that reckless or dangerous? No, that's 9.11, of okay. course. Uh, oh, you should listen back to the podcast for JB, JP Doyle giving his thoughts oh, yeah. on it. Loved. It's great. So last week I hadn't had the chance because I'd been uh, without signal for most of the week to listen back to um, your JP. Loved it. So how Loved 9.17. 9.17. 9, 9, 9, 9. Tackling the man in the air. What? That's what they got him for? So... It, this which, is like getting out... It's like getting Al Capone for bloody what? tax fraud. So, what? So, by, by that argument, it wasn't like he was jumping for a catch. By yeah, that yeah, argument, yeah. He's, he's gone... By that argument, the guy jumped into a tackle. <laughs> and, he, and, the, and he should have been yeah. penalised. So, uh, I think what? That's an outrage. Also, they've doubled... So, the, so 9.17 is... That's is an outrage. Tackling a man in the air. Um, it is the, the reason for that. And so... This, they've deemed it as a high-end offence, which the minimum sanction is 12 weeks. They've then doubled the minimum sanction to get 24 and then halved it because <laughs> of because he um, uh, admitted it. He, um, well, he apologised. Apologi- <laughs> well, he could have actually contested this. Yeah. Like, as in, he could have legitimately, because of the points that you've made, he actually could have contested the red card. That's it. But anyway, so, so, they, so, they, ba- they, so they basically said to him, we're, we're going to take you out for three months but if you contest this, it'll be six, six months. Six months, yeah. Which is... This is a joke. I think that's ridiculous. Um, ben Sisneros, who runs Rugby in the Law Twitter account, who is... Very good. Very, very good. Far more knowledgeable than any of us on, on these matters. Uh, apart from maybe JB, you were reading the law book the exactly. other week. But um, he also finds this ridiculous. And I, I think... So there's two things I want to get into in this. One is the the tackle itself, and I actually can see the law being applied for 9.17, albeit it's not being applied in the way that that law was intended. Mm. And so I can I can see two offences, one being it was late. He, he tackled a man without the ball, so it was late, but he was committed. Um, and two, the man was in the air. So I don't hate a red card, albeit I cannot see a 25... Like a 12-week ban seems ludicrous to me, and a 24-week ban just seems... So I'd, I'd probably have given it as a yellow. Yeah. I can tolerate a red, but with a two or three week ban. Yeah, that's exactly where I am. Exactly where I am. And this, uh, now I want to get onto the interesting How much thing. do you think Nigel Owens' intervention I'd, has I'd, swayed loads? Yeah, cool. I, th- I think it has. Absolutely. I, I think it has. Definitely. I, I don't think it's right for referees to wade in on decisions like that. No, no I not. completely Particularly agree. ones as influential as well, Nigel Owens. If he was retired, he could, but he's not. Yeah, well, so it's actually, not? it's actually, it's how dissimilar is it to Ni- Nigel Owens weighing in on this and the course of justice being perverted to Razi Erasmus posting that 62-minute video and future refereeing um, performances being complete, influenced? Completely different. There is no, it's completely different. Razi Erasmus is a bad guy. Nigel Owens is a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Similar as that, mate. Well, it, I, I no, think it's, 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 it might be degrees, but it's in the ball in the same ballpark. It has influenced a future decision. Razi has a, it influenced a future decision. Nigel has influenced a future decision. There should be at least something for World Rugby to look at. Yeah, and do you know what? I, you know, what I, 
So like the Razi thing is, please make as many videos as you want and absolutely nail your opposition, but leave the refs out of it. Yeah. You know, leave yeah. the refs out of it. But on the same point, you know, I, I do want to hear what the refs have to say, but I don't think that Nigel Owen should have been mouthing off as he was. Simple as that. You know, not to influence a decision. We'll never know what the sanction would have been, but my suspicion. I've got no basis for saying this other than pure speculation. My suspicion is this would have been gone unnoticed. No one would have talked about it, and he would have been, he would have had a three-week ban. Let's three, say. yeah, yeah, completely. And, and, uh, that, and you mess around with someone's career, which annoys me even more. Yeah, yeah, it's the personal nature of it. And that, I, I, I could tol- tolerate that totally. Now, another thing I do want to mention. So obviously, I li- listened back to it. Um, I was, I was shocked, JB, at something that you said. Oh, God, what did I say? Well, you, you said three things. You yeah. said, I strongly disagree with Phil on this. And I thought, that's interesting, because I think we're pretty aligned on this. And then you said, I don't want to put words in Phil's mouth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then you attributed a statement to me that I've never said, what? not not least in, not, not, not in the context of this, but not in the context of anything. And it's a statement that doesn't... Phil, before you go on, if, one, if JB's known for anything, he's known for... I'm worried now. ...for pure, <laughs> measured <laughs> statements. Gone. Well, I don't buy this, Phil. Well, can you remember what you said, JB? I remember those things now you mention it. I say a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know, isn't it? Well, let's... Shall we play it? No. Oh, what you yes. Said? Do go that, on, Yeah. <laughs> I disagree with Phil on this quite a lot. And he says it's out of control because control means... Oh, yes, I do remember now. Hold on. Stop. So if the... So, so, so I missed, you I missed said, what you said Phil said. What did he say? So you said... Well, we'll play it again. Here's an export. Now, I disagree with Phil on this quite a lot. And he says it's out of control because control means you could... Means you stop. So if the ball is already moved, I guess... And I'm speaking for Phil, he can talk for himself when he, <laughs> when he returns. But I guess he would say, and it's a reasonable point, that he was out of control because if someone in control could have stopped when, when that ball went. That's exa- You have said that. I've never said that. Yeah, because when we talk about dangerous tackles, you say it's a reckless tackle because you can't change what you were doing. So I say, I use the phrase reckless tackle. Yeah. So. I- I, I, I use that, but I use it in the clear world rugby definition of that, which is you could have or should have known that you were going to do something illegal or dangerous. You right, could illegal. have, you could have or should have known. Right. So I, you go in at head height. If you go in fully head height with a chicken wing and you happen to catch one in the head, you could have and, and should have known. And you think Ryan Peterson doesn't fall into that, that, that category? Uh, well, no, I do think he falls into that. But then he doesn't make contact with the head, so he can only be done for the late hit yeah. and tackling in the air. Now the bit—I think I got that quite. I thought well, that was right. So the statement there, the, particularly the one that the um, uh, take umbrage with, was the fact that you said because Philly's saying that you could have pulled out. Yes. But, like by that definition, you can't ever make a tackle. Yes, of course not. Because you can. You That's can never disagree. But that's not my stick. You're putting words in my mouth and disagreeing with the straw man. I, I always say that. So I always think of your definition as it is reckless because you couldn't because you couldn't change your mind. You couldn't. You didn't. You made that tackle, and if you were in control, you would have gone lower, or you would. You know, the bad thing wouldn't have happened because you were in control. And my argument is with tackling. There's a point of no return. 
Yeah, and with every when tackle. That, yeah, when that when that well, point is, I don't know when it. I don't know when it is, but there's a point point a point of no return. There's yeah. there's, there's a tackle version of vinegar strokes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. exactly. Right. No going back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I totally agree with that. I've never said that. I thought I was a fair point. <laughs> that's exactly what I say. I don't want to put words in Phil's mouth. So <laughs> I've got the perfect caveat for that. Can no, I just no. say I've thoroughly enjoy, I'm thoroughly enjoying having the Phil role in this yeah. discussion. <laughs> now, Will, there's one other thing that you did say, which was, which I do think is incorrect. Which you did, you you made the point. Um, if you wrap, you're in control. I think so. So if you wrap, you're in control. So you intended to do what you you did. Yes. So if you hit someone in the head but wrap, you intended to hit them in the head. Yeah. I mean, it's a high <laughs> shot, isn't it? It's a high shot. And like, and so, but like the fact that people are saying you're not, he wasn't in control. I think the fact that he was wrapping shows he is. I mean, if you hit, if you hit, him, if you hit someone in the head, you can't be in control. Yeah. You know, and you know, if you hit someone in the head and you wrapped and you're in control, you need a red card because you're because you're a malicious idiot. But yeah, so you get a red card whether you intended Tend- to or not. Yeah. But if you intend to hit someone in the head, you're talking 24-week ban territory. Yes. So if you're rapping and you're hitting in the chest and everything's legal, to me, you must you probably intended that. And if you didn't intend that, how are you going to apply that law? Well, well l- let me jump to a decision from this weekend then in the in the Newcastle game against... Wasps. 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 Uh, and Tom Penny got a red card for yeah. contact with the eye area. Uh, so I'm Jimmy not, Goffert. So this wasn't on the highlight. <laughs> the, red, <laughs> the red card was on the highlight. Yeah, but the actual incident wasn't, was it? Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. And it, was, well, it, it wasn't because it wasn't safe to be seen before the watershed or anything mm. like that. It was uh, so uh, there was a there was a ruck. Tom Penny's on his feet, trying to get out of the ruck. He stood up, trying to get out and get into the defensive line. Jimmy Goffert is off his feet in the ruck holding on to Tom Penny's legs, not letting him get out. Tom Penny's pushing him on the shoulder, pushing him on the arm, trying to get free. Um, it was a you know a bit of a shithouse move from Jimmy Gopper. That happens on a rugby field. Tom Penny's pushing, pushing, and the final push, uh, he pushes uh, on one on, on his one hand on his body, one hand on his head, and Jimmy Gopper uh, grabs his eye. Mm. Um, you Interesting. Could, you could say there was contact with the eye area. It was... It was not a gouge. But if you get poked in the eye, he, he, I don't, and you I don't put think hands in someone's face. I don't think he got poked in the eye. Um, so do you think Jimmy's faking it? I'm not saying faking. I'm saying I think Jimmy Gopeth, um made sure the referee knew he'd been wronged in some way. Yeah. And I think Jimmy Gopeth, well... It was a little bit of that self-policing. It's like I've got I've got very little sympathy for Jimmy Gopeth because he was being a shit house. Yeah. Uh, um, and I think sometimes accidents, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes accidents can happen, and I don't think it was malicious. There was no intent, and I don't believe there was any injury particularly caused. Uh, fine if you want to give a red card, but we'll we'll see what the ban is. Yeah. So it could be a hefty ban. Yeah, and well, it, yeah, and it stick, you know. I, mean, I didn't see the incident. I don't know where you know because I didn't see it. Saw uh, a Wasps fan account saying he could have lost his sight. Oh Christ, that must have been really bad then. But from what you're describing, it wasn't. So I don't mm. know. We'll wait and see. Yeah, see I mean, what the discipline is. I understand the law is there for, for the player's safety and stuff. And uh, uh, you know, if, look, if he gouges, I'd be in favour of getting rid of him for life. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, and I would. Like it's I, I totally agree with you. Uh, if he didn't, well then he didn't, and that's the end of it. We put it to bed. But in terms of the sanctions, it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, 
the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On sort of a, 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 a similar topic, John Ryle uh, tweeted at Rugby Podcast and said, uh, I had an idea and he's predicting that what will happen. We'll see. In fact, I'll tell you and then we'll see whether his prediction was right about what we will all each say on this. But the uh, the question was, should we scrap penalties unless it's foul play and replace them with free kicks? No. No. So, so no, I, I wouldn't do that. What I would be interested in is devaluing the penalty to one or two points. So devaluing the penalty also means increasing the value of foul play, doesn't it? In, in, another, in, in, in other words. That's an interesting point. So... Uh, the reason I wouldn't do it is because, say, if it's two points for a goal kick or whatnot, uh, I'd be more, I'd be much more inclined to throw bodies onto rucks, kill balls, do all that sort of thing. So I see it as the other one. one I don't want to incentivize. I think we've got the balance broadly, broadly right, actually. And the penalties, the number of games that I'd, I'd rather see more teams do like the Exeter. Mm. Um, and play the play the ball, kick for the corner, and want to play either through catch and drive or pick and go, or through tr- scoring a try out wide, depending on where the incentive lie. And I think devaluing the penalty would um, incentivize that type of behaviour. I think I see I see I do see the example the um, the other side of it. But if more teams get better at scoring tries because they have to get better at scoring tries, then Penalties will become even... Like, you want fewer penalties, not more. You're not incentivising the penalties. Yeah, I, I can see the argument for having less penalties rather than... Fewer. Devaluing. Fewer, thank you. <laughs> um, fewer. Uh, I, the one I gave the example of is the Blatch last week. I hate that law. I hate it with a passion. We don't need to be penalising for that. There are a few weird ones at the Ruck this week which just blew my mind. Uh, you know, Less of them would be much, much better. Um Devaluing them, I'm not so sure. Not, and not uh, sure. the the um, taking out the penalty or replacing it with a free kick, that does because you 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 either kind of tap and go or you scrum. Scrum. Or if you kick for the corner, you lose the ball. I was going to say that'd be my thing. You get you get more scrums, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I don't. What I thought. I actually get that because the scrum and the set piece, or well, sorry, the scrum and the lineup are your two set pieces, right? The two things that you want because you launch all your plays off. Why is it the scrum is undervalued compared to the line-out, which is obviously more valued because a free kick will give you a scrum but not a line-out? Don't, don't get that. Well, there's the there's magic eight ball lottery nature yeah, of a scrum. Exactly. So if, yeah, but like, so is a mall. So is getting the bloody ball into a line-out for 
you know, a few, well, it certainly was for us this week. <laughs> you know, you know, it's all a lottery. That's why you practice so hard with set pieces to get set piece coaches. Well, well by, John, by, John, us, by us, you mean Toc H. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about them shortly. <laughs> John, John predicted that uh, JB would shoot the idea down. You've won from one so mm-hmm. far, John. He said Tim would agree with you. I'm sympathetic to your point, John. Um, so I guess you can say you're half right on that, and Phil will sit on the fence. Yeah. Well, as you know, Phil disagrees. Mm. And, but he gave a, a, an interesting reason, and you sparked off a, a good point that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, I would say this. I'm gonna, I want to review, reverse a few laws. I want to bring the seatbelt tackle back, because I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I want to um, get rid of this stupid latch penalty, and then... Oh, and also five-meter scrums. I think five-meter scrums have to come back. The goal line dropout's a joke. Uh, and then, here's the law for you, nothing changes for 15 years. 15? 15 years. Can't change a thing, no matter what happens. Can't change a thing. I'd, I'd, I would be happy with a five-year embargo on yeah, laws. No more directives. Can't do that. It's literally as it is now. I'd want to go through the law book and go, can we amalgamate these? Can we simplify this? Can we... Uh, abbreviate this so that it, you just slim down that law book and make oh. it smaller and yeah uh, there was law what was the law I found I found the law I was speaking about it then I want it gone completely gone the seatbelt um, no it's law 9.1 something 9.11 dangerous or reckless dangerous or it's what I call a compounding penalty so you very rarely see it on its own. You have to create... Yeah, it could be dang- dangerous or reckless. Dangerous play. Yeah, because you never just see dangerous play on its own. And if you do see dangerous so play... it's dangerous because it's high or because it's yeah, late. Yeah, exactly. Or because... Yeah. Yeah, no... I, I, There's I no arms or things like that. I'm, I'm with you on this. This came up in the chat with JP. Yeah, Lloyd and JP's view was kind of... You, you need to give the referee something to be able to use some discretion. And I'm... The problem with that is it creates inconsistency. And you give Nigel Owens, when he's in the mood that he was uh, last week, the discretion, and he would have given a 24-week ban on the pitch right then. (laughs) You you can give some discretion, but I think this could be used. So it is, players must not do anything that is reckless or dangerous to others. (gasps) But then... Make a law about it. Yeah. And that, the, my problem with that is twofold. Well, that, what, that basically means Courtney Laws shouldn't tackle anyone. Yeah. It, also oh, means, yeah, yeah. it also means you have to wait f- 15 years before you can change anything. Before you can get rid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, get rid of that one. Uh, and then anything which we found subsequently dangerous, we can't change any laws for 15 years. Unlucky <laughs> um, boys. Um, one that does need something doing about it is the um, you can't have your shoulders below your hips at a rook. Yes, that is a true law, which people don't realise. Which... It either needs striking out or it needs enforcing. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd probably like to see a trial game with it enforced, a trial competition with it enforced. You can't imagine that, can you? How do you jackal with your... I mean, It'd be so dangerous. <laughs> You've got to be your head, like, <laughs> head up, yeah, basically. You, so your long arms. You, you, the point that you're going to get hit is in your head neck area, in yeah. your face. It's got to go. Is that, that, has to, that has to go. So maybe we should be in the law. No, actually, they'll they'll get some bloody professor from somewhere to do the laws. <laughs> do you know what I hate is when they get the high and mighty on these law committees. You really um, hate this. Oh, and then they preach at you like, oh, well, we've got such and such involved in there and such and such involved, and they don't have, they don't really have all these top players involved. What they've done is they've made these top players, they've like appropriated these top players and brainwashed them, and then they're telling me <laughs> about my sport. Yeah, thanks. I know just as much as you guys. Just because you can throw a better pass than me doesn't mean that you can think think through these laws any better. Sam, Co- Sam Coburn <laughs> says um, 
I know you guys don't track the URC that closely. What is that? But you, min- you missed an, <laughs> in- <laughs> you missed a, an interesting move in Leinster last week against the Bulls, uh, and again today, uh, and the Leinster Dragons game. Oh, that was an ugly game. Seven six to Leinster. Oh, oh awesome! But, wow. Uh, yeah, you would have loved it, JB. Um, uh, he, Andrew Porter started at loose head on this occasion. He was a loose head. Yeah. He converted to, to tight head. And Kean Healy was a sub as a tight head prop. He just um, Sam Coburn thought uh, JB in particular might enjoy prop switching sides. I do I love it? I absolutely love it. Not even from a tactical point of view, although it is important tactically because it used to be a case you had, used to have a swing prop, a guy who could do both mm. sides, and then. They bought in tattered prop cover. In about 2013, yeah, you brought the extra. And I've got no, yeah, I've got no issue with that really. Um, I like it from a money perspective. Mm. Yeah, you're more go, valuable. Go get yourself paid. Yeah. Why yeah. can't you do this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Albeit, Ma- we saw a couple of years ago. Joe Mola. Yeah, Joe Mola, one of the best props, best loose head props in the world, one of the best scrummaging loose head props in the world. Move across the tattered, and one of the most experienced as well. Move across the tattered, and. So I it from, did not go well. I moved from tight head to loose head this weekend, and I hated it. Oh, really? The imbalance. I've not practised. Yeah, I, 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 my first one, I bound up like a tight head. So, not that anyone cares what it is. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mike yeah, also worries. tweeted at Rugby Podcast and just sent us, he was having a clear out of home and found a match programme from 1998. Wonderful stuff. And it was the Legends of Leicester 15... Versus a Hewlett-Packard International 15. Hewlett-Packard, Hewlett-Packard that so, is incredible. So he, did, did you notice one of the faces? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna go through a couple of a couple of the guys who represented the Hewlett-Packard 15. Uh, John Inverdale was one of them. Okay, so John Inverdale until relatively recently was still playing. He got assaulted on on rugby field really badly. Yeah, reasonable fly half in his day. Huh? Play, played at Isha, had a few games. I've had, had um, some beers in the bar at Isha with John Inverdale playing on wow, the piano. Wow, you never told me this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And the, the, the name that I really loved that was in the Hewlett-Packard uh, 15. Uh, I like, know who you're going to say. <laughs> Ross Kemp. Ross really? Kemp suited up. <laughs> so I've got, I've, got to say, I've got to tell you this, right? Uh, a friend of ours, Steve, a friend of ours, Steve, who we talk about sometimes on the podcast, he's renowned and r- widely mocked because his housemates were once watching Ross Kemp in Afghanistan, and uh, he saw it on TV. He goes, "No, don't tell me what happens at the end. Like, <laughs> no spoilers, please." please. I was like, "Mate, it's Ross Kemp. What, what, what do you think happens? <laughs> oh, he, oh, he, oh, he's dead." <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, well, that, that's awesome. I love it. Any other names? Oh, yeah, do you remember Ross Kemp a- losing his mind on Twitter? Is either England football or yeah, yeah, England yeah. rugby? He had, um, had he had like an operation or something, and so the frontal lobotomy. Was... <laughs> like, you have no idea what this means. This means everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Acting lessons from Will Greenwood. <laughs> uh, there's, there's loads of old school names on there. Um... Tom, give us some then. Okay. Well, so the Leicester fifteen. Dusty Hair was on there. Wow. Dusty Hair and Les Cosworth. You don't get many... In fact, you don't get any now bold men who keep the hair around the back and sides. You most certainly do not. Very, very few. Yeah. Uh, Usually those... on the school run, if they exist, when they've just given up. They've given up on everything. So you don't get any single men who've just kept it. <laughs> <laughs> Dusty Hair kept... Uh, he had, a, he had a, like a wrap comb over it. Some, I do think men point. look older back in the day, even when they were 20, than they do now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, there was um, 
what was the name? I so Troy Thacker must be dad of Thacker. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Rory Underwood which was playing. Harry Th- and Nick Youngs. Nick Youngs, yeah. Dad Nick, of Youngs. Dad, dad of the two Youngs. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Anyway, on the on the, um, on the Hewlett Packard 15, there was Jeff Probin, Ross Kemp, John Inverdale, Graham Dore, wow. John Mitchell, Wasps. Um, he's attack coach, isn't he? So he's defence, I think. I think he's got a very wide ranging role, but defence is one part of it. Neil Francis on there. Uh, Mike Teague. Bloody hell! I just I just remember one name I've just seen on the last fifteen. Who I remember? Um, I can't read. It's a bit blurred out. Is it Ardell Carduni? Carduni. I remember that there, there's been very, but it's just reminded me. There's been very few. Carduni. He was a Leicester. Um, was he an, a ten? Yeah. Yeah, but there were very few um, people from Indian subcontinent um, uh, heritage or, or yeah. India. We could do with that in rugby. We could do with uh, reaching out a little bit more. In in South Manchester, where we live, the number of times where uh, if it was the other week, I was at Trafford Metrovic, and we we were playing, and there was there was cricket on one half going on, and that was that was all people yeah. of, of that ethnicity, and then there was a rugby going on, which was the vast majority. Well, Talk H. You could do. We could do with you know mixing it up a little bit. Uh, the Talk H um, cricket team today uh, won Talk H's first cup of the season. They mm. just completed the local cricket tournament thing. Wow, which is quite which is quite, quite 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 cool. Completed it. Mate. And uh, Byron McGuigan played for us a few years ago, and turns out he's much better. At, no, not much better at cricket. He's better at cricket than he is at rugby. Which is unbelievable. <laughs> wow. uh, second ball hit it over the clubhouse. Third ball uh, broke. Uh, broke the bowler's arm. So, uh, yeah, pretty good at cricket. No, sorry. First ball he hit over the clubhouse. His first bowl, he broke the batter's arm. <laughs> batter, not not batsman. Whichever, well batsman. You've, you're using the new vernacular, calling him calling them a batter. Is he a batter or a batsman? Not a batsman. batsman. No, you're not allowed to say batsman anymore. It's batter. Oh, right, yeah. yes, bats person. Um, did either of you see a few weeks ago Tom Curry suited up for his local cricket team? No. Uh, for the fourth team, I might add, uh, and scored a ton. So, scored a century. Mal Lloyd, who is coach of Derbyshire, is also a wildly, wildly enthusiastic Talk H fan. Um, comes down to watch us occasionally. Uh, and he, teaching the Currys cricket, mm. tries to persuade them to become professional cricketers rather than rugby players. Thank God he failed. <laughs> well, I, I'm disappointed he can't do both, like Jeff Wilson did for New Zealand back in the yeah. day. Uh, yeah, well, in the that's 90s. Quite, yeah, quite... And, and Liam Botham, more recently. Yeah, not as much success. Yorkshire I mean, and Wilson, Wales. He played for Wales. Wilson was playing for the All Blacks with on the opposite wing as Jonah Lomu, yeah, and then playing for the Black Caps. Uh, speaking of people that are multi-talented, uh, let's just mention Exeter's Locks. Who, oh, I mean, because jo- Johnny Hill, uh, we know about his kicking ability. Incredible. And, yeah. He's now, been teaching he's Will been te- Witty. He's been teaching Will Witty. Yeah, he had a good old game, the Will Witty. Uh, and Sean Lonsdale, uh, RGC product, I might add. So, Exeter looked all right today, you know? They looked all right. Uh, if, there's one per- if there's one person, start. by the way, that's going to... A lot of people are going, oh, the 50-22 the, the or 50-20, whatever it's called. 50-22, yeah. 50-22 isn't really having a big impact. Wait till Johnny Hill comes back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll exactly well, the, right. the key element of the 50-22 is surprise. Yes. Yeah. So, Johnny Hill can... De- well, he can capture... Um, Use it the first like four or five times, but then after that, yeah, it's all it's all over. Yeah, uh, I love this game. I went to the AJ Bell to watch it. I 
loved it. I mean, wasn't the result that a lot of neutrals in the in the stadium <laughs> wanted. But my word, was it good. It was really good. I don't, what did it look like on, on TV? It looked good. It, oh. it, it was... The start was really interesting to watch because Sale just shut Exeter down. Yeah. Like, they, Exeter couldn't get a foothold and it was only... It was the 39th minute with that... Uh, the first Henry Slade try um, with the... It was O'Flaherty, then one way, runs past 10 defenders, then it goes the other way, Hog half breaks and... It was all little one-two with Slade and Hog, yeah, wasn't know, it? I don't know how what it looked like when it was there, but the, the sense I got from the game as a whole was that what Rob Baxter has talked about before, retiring, tiring a team out, making them get off the deck a lot of times, the phase play was yes. was there from Exeter today, and I think that's basically what happened. They, in, in Exeter fashion from last year, they ground the team down. I think that's exactly what happened. I think Sale ran out of steam. When JP Dupria breaks through the Sale lines, I've never seen a Sale team look so exhausted. Like, they were all on their backs. JP Dupree was injured. I think he's probably more exhausted than anything else. He obviously had the, uh, the red card. I thought, wow, they're going to concede again. And they didn't. Uh, that, you know, there's so much fight in, uh, uh, in this side. It's incredible. Um, and also, you've got two teams who are depleted. And no, I do not care one bit for the, oh, we're missing players. It do- doesn't wash for me whatsoever. You build a squad for for, for good reason. Um, I think that the extra squad was just a bit more powerful, a bit more, bit more, bit more cohesive. And here's another thing: Sanderson has got those boys at Sale Sharks playing for each other like I've just, I've just not seen in a long time. Mm. But it takes it out of you. And I think that's basically what he, you know, when he was talking at the in the press right at the end, what he was reminding everyone is how bloody hard it is to win games of rugby right at the top end because mm. you have to be operating at 95% of your physical capability um, pretty much for the whole game. Yeah, for 80 minutes. You... It's just brutal. Yeah. And you slip slip off 5%, 5% 10% and you're done. You're absolutely mm. done and that's all that happened. <clears throat> yeah, Sale, I think they can take a lot out of it. Um, mm. With a stronger team, they make more of a go of it but extra, that's exactly the, need, the win they needed Yeah. and Sale made it Bloody hard, especially in that first half. I mean, they made it hard the whole way through. I mean, it was a to me, it was a battle of tactics, and Exeter came up trumps. They held the ball better. They could. It was Sale basically just punched themselves out. I was speaking to a few of the Exeter boys straight after the game, and uh, yeah, they were saying like the Sale physicality was great, but they just looked after uh, looked after their rucks. They kept mm. the ball. It was just impressive, physical, hard, fighty stuff. It's exactly what the Premiership should be. Yeah. Another uh, re- another red card. It didn't, de- didn't decide the game. No? It, it was a red card. Uh, Rowan was playing incredibly well, mm. I thought, until that point. It was a clear red card. There can't be any arguments about that. Yeah. Annoying. Some of the some of the touches from Stuart Hogg and Henry Slade were just... Uh, Sladey. I love Henry Slade. Sladey was quality. They, he, he, was, he was at times the worst player on the pitch and many more times the best player on yeah. the pitch. Yeah. Even Hogs sometimes look like they're playing sevens on a 15s field. Yeah, they find themselves in so much room. Uh, they just they come off on foot, they step, and they're just gone. And you know what? Can, what Sale can take heart out of is Stuart Hogg only set up one try. Um, it might, it might actually that try just before the end of the half was magnificent from Exeter. Yeah, that's that why was, you pay him the money. That was awesome. Um, but after that, they were breaking through. The, you know, Sale Sharks were covering nicely. John O'Ross, I don't think had his best game. Oh, that pass. 
Yeah, on the right hand side, because that could have been seventeen three. If that goes to Doug Dale down the right wing, wasn't it? If Doug Dale's a hard, hard boy. I like Doug Dale. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going to say something controversial now. Here we go. So, I'm just looking at the sale team and thinking... Do you, uh, by the way, do you boys know the, the EQP rules coming in? Coming in? Is an increase in the number of EQP players? Yes. Okay. So, the, uh, the squad requirement is going to be more EQP... When that comes in, it's going to be linked to money, which means it seems like Sale are going to have to make some hard decisions. Mm. Who to keep, who to go. This was uh, spoken about uh, this week in the press conference, and it's something which Samson does not like talking about one bit, but it, it has been it has been spoken about. And at some point, they're going to have to have conversations about who is going to go and who is going to stay. I'm pretty sure nothing's been decided yet. You might be, you know, you, you might be looking at someone like John Ross. Well, John Ross is EQP. Yes, he is. Well, yeah. well spotted. So, so not John O'Ross. Not John O'Ross. Aka Van der Merwe, though, good as he is, he'll be one of them. Yeah, Aka, we've got three, 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 three hookers. Yeah, I'm so glad. That, so glad you mentioned that because I was thinking, <laughs> so I was like, there's a good chance of this going. Can right I just point out some other massive field? news? New York Jets have actually won a game. What? 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 How? We just we beat the Tennessee Titans on the road. Did you? They're yeah. quite good on. I know they're all right. That's unreal. Yeah, that is. That Congratulations is. to him. Why don't you yeah. treat yourself to a pair of uh, New York Jets trainers, which I sent you? Yeah, I saw that picture. That's great. JB's been looking at the NFL merchandise site and team Adidas trainers. Nike. Yeah. Nike. 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 Yeah, because yeah, they're Pegasus. Nike Pegasus trainers. Nike Pegasus. Nike Pegasus. Uh, You're not wearing New York Jets ones, though. I'm not. No, um, the Broncos ones look really good. Mm. Which uh, premiership team shoes would you get? Uh, I get Ulster shoes, of course. Mm, yeah, of course. If I had to... Um, well, I don't have a team, but it would be Irish. Yeah. It would be London Irish. Just from a colour a, a colour stand. Colour. Well, I'd also... Uh, I think green... Uh, Tigers mm. might, might be all right. Colour. Shoes. Although, d- racing green on a shoe, does that work? Hmm. Maybe Sarah's black and red. Yeah, maybe. Bath. Bath, maybe. Yeah, I've got some Metcons that are not far off Bath colours, actually. Yeah, they, there you go. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting new nanos this week. Are you? Yes. I'm getting new nanos. I do like that Saracens change kit, by the way. They're, they're away kit. I like both Saracens kits. Yeah, yeah both they're both Saracens. Uh, can I just say on Saracens, um, also listened into their press uh, this week, that club is back. That club is back big time. Like, they're, they've got that new Castor kit, who are a pretty cool, pretty cool brand, covered in city uh, city sponsors, yeah. and they've just done a new deal, deal with the stadium. Yeah, I think things will be all right there. It will be. Saracens will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of it, how did Ulster get on? How are Ulster getting on in the uh, two from two? Beat Glasgow last week, and there's actually the um, the Alan Davis tackling to such a man to mention this before. James Hume did that on I can't remember who it was one of the Glasgow players to stop a try, and he got a yellow card. It was given as a penalty try. Oh wow! So that law of diving on players is being enforced more. But they, they beat uh, Zebra thirty-six three this week. Ooh, competitive. Yes. Pretty competitive. So, and how, how's so far, it shaking so down so far? It's the South African teams basically without their spring box and not taking all their good players on the road. Yeah. They're looking weak, but they're going to be really strong at home. You would think they'll be stronger, stronger at home. Yeah. I mean, it's only two games in, so it's you can't really see much. Leinster have won two. Ulster have won two. Munster have won two. Um, the us- usual culprits will be up there. Claremont, yeah, Claremont came back and beat Racing at home yeah. in, the top, in the top 14 this evening as I well. I saw that. Uh, just, just on the the championship as well while we're on it, Cornish Pirates beat Ealing. Yeah. Great result. One thing that did annoy me, just very briefly, the RFU 
pulled the plug on Cornish Pirates streaming the game for fans that couldn't be down there in Cornwall with them and for Ealing fans that couldn't get down there and wanted to watch it. Uh, they said that it didn't meet their minimum standards for a broadcast of the game. Bearing in mind the RFU haven't negotiated them a TV deal or weren't... And they're not funding them We're not what funding they were them compared to... Bro- to, to yeah. Not funding them as a club and also not funding any broadcast of any game. Cornish Pirates just wanted to provide a service to fans to keep them in touch and connected with the game and to help Ealing fans who couldn't make the long journey. And uh, the RFU, in their wisdom... Said no. no, that that camera setup you've got that you're streaming to these people um, to earn yourself a few quid and keep fans engaged. No, you're not allowed. Mm. Which, uh, well, uh, the most important point, of course, is congratulations, Cornish Pirates, hell of a win. Yeah. Win. So, and... I, so what that that area of the country now is proper rugby territory. Mm. You're going on there. It doesn't it, matter who you play. Be prepared. Yeah. It always has been, but it's not. It's not the professionalism that Exeter and obviously Cornish Pirates are bringing. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, games, games that we not mentioned. Oh, ben, 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 Benetton, your beloved Benetton snuck a win 28-27 against Edinburgh. Last minute 40-yard drop goal. Yes. It was so awesome. Before we get onto that. Drop we... goal, was it? Drop goal from 40 oh, yards wow. to win it. Uh, your point you made on drop goals, by the way, you're absolutely right. The drop out under the sticks, a load of people have been catching it, catching the ball and trying to drop out. Not, yeah. None have come off yet, but let me not try yet. So, sorry, just as we were talking about Cornish Pirates and indeed um, that area of the world, can I just put a bit of a shout out to um, our friends on the Mall Over podcast who are doing Rugby Against Cancer on the 9th of October. So if you want to go watch or play or do whatever, they have got an, got an invitational team out. It's at St. Austell's? St. Austell. St. Austell's. Mm. So, yes, that will be pretty good. They've got a few sponsors. They're raising some money. Why awesome. Not? Why not? And actually, a good, good old knees up. Good old knees yeah. up. Yeah. You know, that's a, if that's how you raise money in rugby. You go and play a game. I'd like to have been. I, I did. They did extend an invite. I'd like to have gone down, but I, I can't. I'm not going down there again. I mean, <laughs> you've been down a few times I've been this to, year. I've been to buy a boat. I've been to North play, Dorset. North, play best, no, no, ben sorry, I've been to win two tournaments. <laughs> I've been do to they, play at Sandy Do the Park. game like if they'd have, if they'd have, they could have brought it halfway to Manchester. Do it in you know. Gloucester. I'd have done that. Gloucester's still a long way away. Ah, Gloucester. Good services. It's a great, yeah, great service. Gloucester. Services. Gloucester beat Worcester, which we didn't predict. No. Um, does this mean that Gloucester have the second softest pack in the league, and Worcester have the softest oh, pack in the league? Question. That is a great question. So, yes, I still can't believe this happened. Right. Uh, I was looking through the teams. I'm like, if Gloucester could choose a set of halfbacks. They wouldn't choose theirs. <laughs> I mean, I know this. I know this because they previously paid a lot of money for the other two halfbacks. Yeah. You know, this is a fact. And yet, yeah, they're lining up against two of their old boys. Adam Hastings was man of the match. Adam Hastings yeah. was in the end, it turns out. So, First start. Yeah, banging over penalties for fun. Yeah. I also thought that... I always, think, I always put undue value on second row battles. I think that's where it's won or lost because they're, they're big blokes and you know they kind of dictate everything. Them, them and halfbacks. I just thought that Worcester would have done it and they didn't. No, they didn't. Uh, let's, let's talk about the red card moment as well because there was yeah. sort of a two, there was a nuanced element there. So Ted Hill gets sent off for a tip tackle on I forget who now. Lloyd Evans. Lloyd Evans. Yeah, it, yeah. it was a tip tackle, and it. Some of these tip tackles look really bad, but you sort of wonder. I don't know. 
how much Ted Hill actually contributed to it. I mean, I can understand the red, and I'm fine I, with yeah, the red. I, went, I did some proper mental gymnastics trying to keep Ted Hill on that field. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I get the I red card. Do. But the element is, is the mitigating circumstance that Lloyd Evans, in the same motion, I don't believe it should be a red card, but based on precedent, Paolo Adogu last season or the season before and earlier this season... Geordie Barrett. Geordie Barrett. Should Lloyd Evans have been red-carded for putting a boot well, in, into uh, Ted Hill's neck? I didn't see that. So he did, yeah. So um, Evans goes up, he fumbles the ball, kind of bounces off his chest, and he l- leans back to regather as he's in the air. Like it's a f- this happens in a fraction of a second, and his right leg, as he leans back, knee-jerk to balance him, comes up, and it does catch Ted Hill in the head. Now, so Ted Hill ends his life. So Ted Hill sees red, wham, smashes him onto his head. (laughs) No, um, shut. So let's take each one at a time. The the Lloyd Evans. There is precedent for that to be a red card. Geordie Barrett's red card was overturned. It was by World Rugby, so he was free to play for future games. So I actually think, and this was similar. He was off balance. It was a knee jerk reaction. I agree. There was no intention. So. It should not be a red card. I totally agree. And the people losing their minds on Twitter need to... Yeah. Stop blogging. Stop blogging. Just need to stop blogging. The yeah. Ted Hill, I think it probably is still a red card. I think it will come up as a mitigating factor and I think he should get maybe a one-match ban. Or maybe they'll even say, you know, the red card and lose missing the last 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it was, of the game. Like five minutes, but yeah, never yeah, is that is sufficient. So mm. I, I think... Because in Ted Hill, you could see he... Cause he doesn't even... He, he like, almost, oh, he, really, he, he kind of catches him and then almost, he's almost like standing up because of the shock of the getting booted in the face. And he was he was cut in the, uh, to the side of his eye after it. So he, he took, uh, he was probably clocked in the head. So I think the shock of that. He could do. I'm so I threw him on the floor. <laughs> I was, also want to say on Ted Hill, just uh, as you walk, saw him walking off. That guy's absolutely ripped, and he's, he, he's, he's a monster. He's, he's, he's a monster. He is a monster, and he looks like his face has been drawn with set squares in a math set that you would take to school. Oh, he's, like, like, he's, the, mate, he's, he's he's carved out of granite. Yeah. The square he is, is huge. He is an, he's an evil choir boy. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, him when I he has his little Ted Hill. I like I, him I, when I, he has his little round specs on off the pitch. Oh yeah, he's um he's cousins yeah. someone in a rugby club. He he's is first cousins, I think. He is a, a quality player. I, I really, really rate Ted Hill. Yeah. I think I think he's class. And he's because he's six five, he can operate in the line out really well. He's got an engine on him, he's really physical. I I think and he's still only so young. He's twenty two. Yeah. So I thought that um I thought that Worcester would be competitive for three games and then get some injuries and they're not gonna be missing their captain is gonna be one of those things which is gonna put the brakes on, on this whole on this whole project. That said, I can't get it out of my mind that they're not done that that they're not done yet. There's I hope, I hope they're not. From these guys. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter this year anyway. Doesn't matter. But no, I, I, but yeah. what I do want is the competitive league, as we were saying before, to right, right at the end of the season. Agreed. Yeah, they've got a few more wins them. I'm going to go as high as they could get five wins. Hmm. They would kill for five wins. Last season they would have killed for five wins. Yeah. When Newcastle have got a couple. Yeah. 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 Newcastle, we, we mentioned the red card before, but Newcastle, like... To come back in that manner with a man in the bin for the last 25 minutes yeah. and to score that try 
in the last minute, in the last second, that was an awesome finish to the game. Uh, yeah. uh, did you see? Did you see all the tries? I saw. Yeah. I saw a friend of the pod, Carl Ferns, is Carl Ferns. beast moding it yeah. over. Carl Ferns does not care much for the Wasps' defence. And I, I was not bothered by them one bit. I saw that, and I was thinking of the praise that we heaped on Ali Crossdale last week <laughs> after his two tries in his first game, and then five minutes in that he's getting run over by 20 stones of Carl Fern. Yeah. Nope, not interested. Yeah. Not interested in your skills, Alistair. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um, schoolmates, schoolmates, well, not schoolmates, because obviously... About ten years. Than, <laughs> alumni. <laughs> but alumni, thank you. Yeah. Uh, the Semper, who had, I think they had th- two, maybe three players playing at... What's playing, name? H- playing Sale today. Well, and HGH, playing for Newcastle. Oh, yeah. HWH. HGH is like heavy goods something. Heavy Goods Haulage. Yeah, Heavy Goods Haulage. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a company. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it either WHW or HWH or something like that? I should really... Hayden Williams Hughes or something? Or Hughes, I don't know. Doesn't yeah, matter. Whatever. something like that. Doesn't matter, whatever. does it? Um, Who had another good game. <laughs> yeah. Um, another sample lad. Hayden Wood. Will Hayden Wood. Will Hayden Wood, yeah. Um, j- j- uh, Giles Jordan's emailed us, um, contactedchases at gmail.com, and he's a long-time... Listener and fan of the show, now living in Vancouver, Canada, oh. having, having moved uh, from living in HQ in Twickenham. Um, he's lived in Canada for three years. He's been unable to watch any of the Premiership unless he resorts to VPNs. I don't know what you're talking about, because I've never done such a thing. <laughs> I, I never would. Um, uh, and he, he's referenced the talk of zone being oh, yeah. in talks D-A-Z-N. to acquire BT Sport. Mm. Uh, and so that I mean I guess I'll have to take a back seat on this one a little bit and uh, you, you just asked for our thoughts on it I, th- I thought being as Stephen Jones was piping up in the Times today and a lot of people are talking about what, how bad it is that there's no terrestrial highlights packages um, what I would say is the content is there for free if you if you can be bothered to go and look for it it's there yeah it's a kind of on the Premiership Rugby site BT Sport obviously yeah, and, it's a difficult on this yeah, and YouTube yeah uh, like if I didn't know that the highlights were on Premiership TV the week that it all kicks off, I can't imagine many other people do. Right? I, I think I'm a, a pretty good sample of who might be interested in watching rugby. And if I don't know it's there, I don't know how anyone else did. Uh, and I asked um, Premiership Rugby about this, and they just forwarded me a press, forwarded, forwarded me a, a, a press release. Now, I'd, be, I'd forgive anyone who unfollowed the Premiership bloody Twitter account because it's so bad. Um, so, I mean, if they were only releasing that information through their own social, that is a... Well, that's a disaster, isn't it? Do you know, for a very... And I'm not saying this because... Uh, what well, it would sound like I'm saying this with a vested interest. I'm just thinking about this as a, a legitimate thing. It would not be an expensive thing to tell every rugby podcast, here's... Exactly. Here's, here's, a, here's a very relatively small amount of money. Not, Can you f- let's find a way for to engage with your audience and let them know that we have this great content available. A press release. I think they've got isn't m- really going to tell no. John who lives in Northampton uh, that there's cov- there's content there waiting for him. It just took a phone call. It just took a phone call. I'm not even sure they know what podcasts are over <laughs> over, over at Premier over at Premier uh, Premier Rugby. I'm convinced actually. Uh, I'll tell you something. Worcester's press guy, right, doesn't even let you ask bloody questions. Like, he doesn't get back to you. You you, you send him an email saying, is there, is there a press this week? Answer, yes. 
Okay, thank you, thank you for your in-depth answer, you genius. When is when said is press day, you moron? Right, which is what I should say, but I'm actually very, very polite. Then you get on there. Like, no one else is covering Worcester. Like, in three weeks' time, when I'm the only one, except for the local journalist and BBC Worcester, talking about Worcester. Um, what then? Am I allowed to ask questions then? Absolute clowns. Absolute clowns. Um, Dazen. Sorry. It's back, back to Dazone. Dazone. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? Dazone. D-A-Z-N. That sounds better. Yeah. Well, that's they've got a big campaign about how you pronounce the name because that's oh, always do they? yeah that's always a good indication that you got the branding na- branding right when you've got a campaign about your name. Yeah. So, uh, so in, in in Germany, for example, they are they basically operate like a Netflix for sport. Yes. With, yeah. With boxing, with football, uh, with various sports. Yeah. All under one roof. So that interests me that really interests me in me fact too. because i pay for sky and bt sport accounts um at great expense but i am paying for lots of stuff that i will never ever watch i never watch speedway what uh, maybe i could get yeah you speed. watch speedway maybe i could get speedway i'm never gonna watch uh super league netball i'm sure it's a great product i would watch super league netball if i had more time <laughs> yeah i don't have time there's lots yeah. of things i i only watch little bits of football and cricket which i like because i just don't have time and yeah. so i don't have time to watch lots of sports that i don't like or don't care for um so if i could find a way that i could i would probably say if i could just pay for all rugby everything i want access to every bit of rugby so i've got five minutes spare if i'm down in the gym at any time i can watch rugby some uh champions league and a few premier, premier league football games and then england international cricket if I could just pay for those three slices, I'd be really... I mean, I'd probably save half of my subscription fee. So, yeah. could, so anything that gives me the opportunity to do that is a very, very good thing, in my view. I completely agree. Uh, I, yeah, I'm in exactly the same, same place. And also, streaming does seem like a better option than you know, screwing a dish onto the side of your house. <laughs> you know, it just seems like a more modern, you know, be- uh, uh, better way forward. The yeah. BT Sport app is available if you wanted to uh, get... I love, that way, what an app. I love the enhanced player. I do like I the enhanced... Unless I'm watching it on catch-up, and sometimes it tells you the score. Oh, so I, I, I always know the score if I'm watching it on catch-up, and I jump what? to the end, and then I go through. I, not always, I do sometimes so treat myself. You watch rugby like I watch box sets. I jump to the end and then find the, the key points. Right, I'll watch this, 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 and this. Uh, yeah, no, the, the enhanced player is brilliant, unless you don't want to know the score. Yeah. Then it's a nightmare. Well, you just have to let it play. Yeah. And I tell you what, it doesn't do do very well. It doesn't allow me to skip by 10 seconds very well. It doesn't do 10 seconds. It says it does 10 seconds. It doesn't. So it does. My laptop's quite good. So I don't right, know if it's my right and, or what. But right you, and left buttons. Yeah, you click it one, you know, once or twice. Occasionally, it skips right back to the start of the broadcast. And the Premiership TV player doesn't... You, you tap the screen and it pauses. I don't want that. I'm used to the functionality of YouTube where you tap it and it goes forward 10. I tell you, I did it a few times. I think Autumn Internationals last year and the Six Nations, where I couldn't watch the live game, live Saturday afternoon game. So I just turned my phone off at three o'clock. Didn't have a phone until ten p.m. And then like Hell. half seven, eight, I settled down with a beer and no outside distractions. Didn't know the score and just watched it for two hours as as uh, God intended it to be watched mm. with 
a few craft ales. Where's uh, my craft ale? Oh, sorry, so you, wa- you watched it, you watched it <laughs> you watched it delayed, out. you watched it delayed, no. or you actually watched it live live? I watched it, I watched it delayed by well, three hours. Which is great, which means you can fast forward through the I goal, can, goal yeah. kicks and half time, fast, the adverts. Fast forward through Jiffy always, losing it. And even if more. I'm watching, um, delayed, I always watch the adverts because I, I, I like to know who's, Who's made this broadcast possible? Uh, of course, of <laughs> absolutely. Course. I do it with podcasts, definitely. I, definitely, I always do. Definitely with podcasts. Yeah. So um, my, my beer's sold out, is it? So I went to buy it. I went to buy it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Obviously, we mentioned this last oh, week, and I, I think we might have moved the market. So I went to buy it from two places: from Overtone Brewery themselves and from Rainville uh, Store, who both in the past have stocked it. Obviously, Overtone themselves make it. Sold out. Really? Yeah. Where did you find it from originally? Beer, beer 52? No, o- Overtone. Oh, okay. That's, it's your own fault, Phil. Shouldn't yeah, I shouldn't it. have no, mentioned it. I mean, you didn't discover it in a beer 52 box, wasn't it? No, I got recommended it by a, a craft ale, a fellow hophead. Is that what you call yourselves now? Interesting. That's what we call ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, you did yourself out of, you, out of your favourite tipple. I did, but then, so the Overtone brewery beers are so good so i i started loading up um a crate for your, for your bunker for the bunker i started loading up a crate i promise the beer goes off so you go drink it every every couple of years even canned beer does go off does it really yeah oh. um so i started loading up a crate and it's it's so expensive it's like five six seven quid a can so i got to i looked in my crate and i not put that much in there and it's 140 quid <laughs> i was like i can't do this i just turned my laptop off like, i will do it in a week or two's time i'm not doing it right now very wise phil very very wise very i wise. will get you some when uh overtone get Th- this weekend will you get me some this weekend maybe not this weekend right okay uh, there might be some coming this weekend we're away this weekend we're always we? This weekend, yeah. we need to talk about what we're going to do on the for the pod well we'll come back on sunday like standard we, we paid for Sunday night. We'll work it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work probably it out. just come back. Take, take a laptop and two microphones with you. Yeah, we can do We'll work it Possibly. out. Possibly. Um, what games have we not spoke about? And then the Irish Northampton. Northampton remain undefeated. Yeah. Yeah. Well no, brilliant. Yeah. No, no, it's great. It's great. I just can't comment on it because I saw nothing and it was good. And Horrible conditions because obviously it was played down the road from Leicester. Yeah. Go um, and watch it on... Um, the... Albert Tuasui, right, is, oh. in my mind... Uh, a rugby great. I, I, I do. No, I'm not having that. He's he's an he's an excellent Premiership player. No, he's, he's not a, rug- a rugby he's great. He's a rugby. He's a treasure. Now, maybe not just because of his rugby, but the guy is on social media saying, "Hey, DM me your number so I can send you tickets. If you want tickets, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was yeah. cool. You DM out. You DM Uncle Albert. He'll look after <laughs> you. Right. Good lad. Good lad. No, the guy's an absolute treasure. Um, however, however, one of the things which we love him for might, might be his impulsive nature. And he put a forehead onto the forehead of... Alex Waller. Alex Waller. So something went off. In fact, I'll tell you what went off. I'll just find out now. Um, yeah, something w- 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 went off. And that, that, that was that was total handbags, nothing in it. I'm not saying it, it wasn't was. stupid. Oh. I'm not saying yeah. it, what it was. It was unnecessary, I'm, but it was total handbags. I'm kind of okay with it being a penalty. It was just handbags. Yeah, so... Uh, it looks like Alex. That's what I might. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, but it ends up Albert Tuso going head to head with um, uh, Waller, and wonderfully for the ref, said that's not a headbutt. That's not a headbutt. I was like, this this could be going down the road of football where 
That's a headbutt. Yeah. No, not a headbutt, but it is a penalty. Yeah. Losing I'm, the game. I'm okay with that. It's not a headbutt. It's ideal. It's a crack, way crack the game left. But we don't want we don't want that, so it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a game mean, in horrible condition. I understand what you're saying, and I'm not actually averse to what you're saying. I pretty much agree, but I also would have wouldn't have minded at all if the ref had gone. Come on, on, lads, lads. get yeah. on the game. Yeah. And I, I would also be happy with that. Well, well should, I think part of the problem was the, the the scrum went mental, so everyone popped up from the scrum and they all went absolutely wild at each other for some unbeknown reason. And it was two Asuri and Waller right at the end, and then I think you just you know they just pushed the luck a little bit too far, and there and there we have it. Mm. So, uh, did we miss a fixture? Doesn't matter. Uh, we've done. Oh, we did. Talk H one. So um, <laughs> good. Yeah. We've done every other fixture. Yeah. So talk H now four from four, which is excellent. Four and zero. Four and zero. We beat Old Winions. This is a team I've also played for this year. Mm. Uh, in... oh, I, I took my under 14s team to play uh, Old Old, Old Winions today. Did you go away away to them? Yeah. One of my fa- fa- favorite clubs. Yeah, it's a good club. club. Just good a club. proper old school club. Yeah. They are. A hard bunch of boys. Yeah, they are. We had to fight for absolutely everything. In fact, I think we scored two of our tries, if not three of our tries, just through kicking. So we had two or three crossfield kicks, which, you know, the only way to to, to undo them, really, because you're not going to outfight them. You're not going to run run <laughs> through them. But you can exploit space on either side, which which was lucky. But a hard game yesterday. One of those games which was delightful to win. Mm. We, we actually earned it. Old-fashioned. Earned your bit. Yeah. yeah. like it. Like it. Um, as in fixtures next week, then what we got? Well, any other business, firstly? Oh, Premiership might have a new CEO. Um, guys come from the RFU, don't know much about him. Nick uh, Nick Simons in the mail reported this, so it looks like they've, you know, they're going to have a new CEO, which is going to be good. Mm. And it can't be any worse than the last one that they, that they appointed. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, hopefully he'll come in and, I don't know, fire everyone and start again. I mean, mm. I think that'd be. You angling for a job? Would I, would I work for Premiership Rugby? Comms man- manager? No, no, not in a million years. Not in a million years. Um, but I think a very good place to start Premiership Rugby would be to fire everyone and start again. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Fixtures next week. Uh, oh, any other business? I'll say I, I've, I've, I do this when when there's a a show that everyone's talking about. I I sort of resist it for a while, but I end up caving in. Ooh, I did, which one is it? I, I, I did it with Tiger Tiger King last year, and then thought I hated myself for watching it. Yeah, I didn't enjoy Tiger King at all. Actually, I enjoyed the first like hour. It's like it can't go on. I, I've got it. They like tigers. <laughs> they like tigers, <laughs> and they're nuts. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but I've I've gone in on Squid Game, which everyone's talking about. I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a Korean show. I think it's, I think Netflix says it's the most popular show ever now. What that they've produced and what is it about? Uh, it's it's like um, how would I say this? It's it's like it's like Saw meets Krypton Factor. <laughs> so <laughs> Saw. So Saw. There you go. That's, wow. That should be on the billboard. So Saw, because that is quite Krypton Factory from what I understand. <laughs> Um, More he dialed up the Krypton factor to eleven yeah. on Saw. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, it's interesting. That does sound interesting. Is it, what, what is it? Is it a, is it a game show? Or what is it? It's uh, like the Running Man. What's the Running Man? The old um, God nineties. Yeah. Eighties or nineties Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like a game show, and he just yeah, sort of kill everyone or get killed. Yeah. 
It's like gladiators, but they're trying to kill you. You did a terrible job of selling this for the most popular. <laughs> I think saying show. saw meets the criteria factor is awesome. Is it a documentary? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it? it's, a, it's a fictional drama. Fly on the wall. Uh, but but what I would say is I've I've had a chat with some people at work who've watched it and they are watching it dubbed. It's the same with Dark, which is also on Netflix and one of the best shows I've ever seen. Not seen that. Must watch in its native language with subtitles. Yeah, I much prefer to watch oh, with subtitles. You must. Well, you must watch yeah. it with subtitles. Will do. Oh, Way better. I've rewatched Band of Brothers again. It's bloody brilliant. That is incredible. It's bloody brilliant. They're doing a new series. Are they? What? Well, I, I think the same people, not the same people. Is it like the Asian when they get back together? <laughs> um, they don't have to make backstories for why these guys are still fighting for <laughs> World War Two. How does that work? Easy company back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dick, we need you again. Why? Yeah. I'm too old for this shit. The, the... <laughs> Best bit about Band of Brothers was the the real soldiers telling the story. Yeah. Oh, man, that was powerful. That it's amazing. Uh, I don't know. Oh, well, great news. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Uh, right. Next week's fi- fi- fixtures. Yeah. Friday night. Quinns host Bristol. Oh, great. Quinns. Quinns. Uh, no. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Quinn, like Pat Lamb even said it himself. He said we need to patch up, patch up some holes because if we defend like we defended. Quinns will rip us, rip us to pieces. Yeah. I, I think they will. The mm. Bristol look porous at times. Agreed. Mm. Although Sinclair's back we with, didn't the, even power mention, of, with we, the power of Saviour World. With him. the power of Saviour World, Sinclair's back. We didn't mention semis out for four months. Yeah. Yes. Huge. Furious. They'll be furious. Olympics. I want to do a thing about Bristol, right, where we add up what we think they get paid. Right? So I, I did this today in my head. There's a few big earners in, in there. So Luatua, Semi and Piatau would, would be on, if they were all in the salary cap, which obviously they're not, they would be 50% of the salary cap between the three of them. So I find it hard to believe that... Luatua won't be on a million. I reckon it'll be on... 750? I've heard it's a lot of money. Uh, Nathan Hughes is rumoured to be on half a mil. Yeah. That's what's been reported. So I think they'd have used up their uh, marquee spots early doors. So that's Carl be, Sinclair will be about half a mil. It's got to be P- Piatau, right? It's got to be um, semi. I would go Lua Tua, but you just you just rearrange your. You just rearrange it then, do you? Yeah, yeah. So okay. your most expensive two players go, who who are eligible yeah. go to your marquee. So then, if you add up all the guys you think might be expensive, there's not very much for everybody else. Mm. I mean, there's like nothing. Well, this is why uh, worth- this is why Pat Lamb has to say they're worthless because he's trying to renegotiate contracts for. Like yeah, uh, Purdy, who's a great player. I oh, know you're worthless, mate. Yeah, you know, the, I can like, only afford to pay you twenty grand. The worthless speech is is legit. Yeah. So yeah. um, you know, I can't imagine Piers O'Connor's going to be on much. No. There's going to be some huge halves and halves. Oh, of Atwood will be on several hundred k. Well, Atwood's a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, Atwood wanted to stay in the area for family reasons, didn't, didn't he? Okay. Mm. So he might be taking taking discount. But yeah, Nathan Hughes, Sinclair, John Afoa is, is not is not cheap. Yeah. So you add up all these lads. I reckon Backer you, will be on. Money. Some money. So, yeah. So you add up all these lads, and then you've probably got millions going around the rest of them. Mm, for the rest, the 25. Morahan. Morahan, yeah, because he, he came over from Australia. He was a big signing, wasn't he, when he signed back in the day. But he might have re- re- redone his deal. Yeah. There's loads of them. There are loads and loads of them. Sheedy will be interesting whether he gets a WRU offer. Sheedy has to get a WRU offer. Unloyed. Mm. Mm. I actually think he's replaceable though. I won't be Sheedy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good operator that makes 
everyone outside him tick, but he's not. You know, although then, although when he played for Wales, he looked he, 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 he looked look great. Good. I don't know. One or one, if not both of those tens will. Anyway, that's but no, yeah. just but just briefly to wrap that up, if. Say, let's say for argument's sake, uh, Nathan Hughes were on what has been reported. I don't know, but the half a million pounds, having one twelfth of your salary cap, not playing to the level which they're capable of at the moment, is a huge dent. Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, and no one relies on their talent as much as Bristol. Mm. Did, um, Pat Lam actually said it. He, he um, the Freudian slip. He said, going into the game, we wanted to do um, do the things that requires no effort. I mean, talent. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's the opposite. You either, all your talent requires no effort because they're just amazing, or you do the things that requires no talent and maximum effort. Yep. It's very funny. Uh, Damn it. Quins will win. Qu- give me Quins. Then, Exeter host Worcester. What do you think, Jay? Oh, sorry. Oh, on, uh, on Quins versus... It's too close to call for me. I think I, I want to see the teams... Make well, a prediction now. Both, Quinn, both... Quinns will be fully loaded off the back of their... Um, Marcus Smith will right. be back. By week. If both teams come out fully loaded, fully loaded, a fully loaded Bristol will be at fully loaded Quinns. But there's no semi. But there's no semi. But I still think that, that, that it'll beat them. Depends on what the teams look like. But I would put Bristol. Then you've got the home advantage. I am going Bristol. Okay, give me Quinns. No, give me Quinns. Yeah, I'm Quinns. No, Quinns are not that good. They're frauds. They're frauds. Bristol, they're both frauds. Both, 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 both these teams are frauds. The fraud country. ball. Yeah. The Sinclair ball. Yeah. Do you know what's hilarious? I, I, well, it's not hilarious. I was thinking about this. Sinclair, when he left Quinns, left to win, le- left to win a title, didn't he? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> right. Right. Extra Chiefs versus Worcester Warriors. Home, uh, home win Chiefs although Worcester have pushed them close down there yeah beating them even yeah mm-hmm. yeah, not agreed, this time but not this time not this time, not this time. they're back yeah. Gloucester versus Sale 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 Sale, Sale. Sale. big win yeah. big win next week Irish versus Tigers 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 I think I saw the Irish they're they've they're is it winless in nine in the Premiership now because of the end of last season yep. yeah yeah Top four, top four is going to be tough for them. They should have had a win today. They should have had a win against Sale. Yeah. They're nuts. Yeah. They're the worst coach team in the league. I'm convinced <laughs> of it. Most fun team in the league. Most as well. fun, but worst yeah. coach team in the league. I love their back three. Their back three is class. A lot of them are class. Like, I tell you who's been playing really abrasively for them when he's getting on the field. Sean O'Brien seems to be you know, itching yeah. for work at the moment. Very yeah. confrontational. Yeah, he was getting in amongst it. Next game. Next game, uh, Saracens host Newcastle. Home win. Yeah, Saracens. Yeah, Saracens. And then Wasps Northampton will be an interesting game, I think. I think Saints will batter them. I think, I think Wasps, Wasps can match Saints. Saints, obviously, second in the league. Three from three. Yeah, I, I think Who's Saints. at home? Wasps at home. Hmm. I think Saints I think, give I, them a good hiding. I think Saints... But I think that'll be a very good game. I think that'll yeah. be close. It'll be good to watch. Mm. I think gonna oh, be I'm going to go. I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for wasps. Home win mm. for, for wasps. Yeah. No Saints. Let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah. What? What? Any good uh, ultimate rugby championship games? Great question. Who, who have Ulster got? What do I need to look? Uh, it's not ultimate rugby championship, is it? It's United <laughs> Rugby Nation. United Rugby Championship. It's a ridiculous name. Uh, Ulster host Benetton. The, the, 
back to back. You two, head to head. Yeah, let's get together and watch that. Actually, we will be together, so why don't we watch it? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring my what day is that? Top. What day is that? Friday. I'll bring my also top. Friday night. Yes. yes. Oh no, hang on. There's Premiership Friday night. Scrap, scratch up. What's there the is. Fri- what's the Friday night Prem game? Uh, Quinn's Bristol. Well, keep an eye on Ulster. I, I will Benetton. definitely be yeah, keeping look, an eye so, on that. Yeah, look, someone tweets me the result. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> your commitment to your beloved Benetton is beyond reproach. Yeah, L- Leinster Zebra should be a good game. <laughs> uh, that's about it. Scarlet's Munster. Yeah. yeah. Um, Owen, so. Owen Williams sounds like he's playing his way back into Welsh, Welsh contention, from what I understand. because they've got no fly halves. Yeah. Not because he's playing particularly well, it's because they've got no fly halves. Hang on, have I told you the wrong guy there? Owen Williams. Owen Williams. Owen Williams. Owen Williams, no. It's definitely Williams. They've got no centres or fly halves. No, it is a Williams, but it's not an Owen Williams. Or is it an Owen Williams? Shane Williams. No. The guy who plays centre for Wales. JPR. Scott Williams. Scott Williams, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Scott. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Scott Williams. Apparently uh, playing very, very well. So Good. Mm. There's a small thing that I know about <laughs> another league. About URC. Yeah. Is that it for the, for the rugby? Yes. Let's say yes. That's it. That's it. Done. All rugby is done. Done. Right. There we go. Are we gonna, what? We're going to give a plug for the what we might do now. Or are we going oh, to yeah, go on then. Yeah, yeah, go on. If you're still listening at this point, then you're probably a very, very committed listener, and we thank you very much for that. Um, we are going to do some special podcasts for our Patreon. That's exactly right. We're going to somehow get this onto the Patreon feed. Don't know how, but I will do it. We will do it. And um, yeah, if you are a patron, for how 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 many hundreds do you have to pay a month to be a patron for us? Oh, it's uh, several hundred a month. Several hundred a month, though. Pennies. Pennies. Pence. So, if you are, you'll get a bonus podcast. Maybe every week. We'll see how it goes. I'm not even going to tell you what we're going to do. We're, if you're a patron, you'll find out exactly what, what exactly what we'll do. But you need to sign up to it. It's not because we don't know what we're going to do. We uh, very much do know what we're going to do. Well, we do know. We also know what we don't know about it. Because, you sound like Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, we know, there are knowns yeah. and there are unknown knowns. We know we're going to do it. We don't know what we're going to do when we get there. Exactly. We're going to improvise Ex- what we do best. Yeah, ex- exactly. So for some rugby improv... There you go. Uh, keep your ears out. Otherwise, anyway, thank you very much for listening. Share, tell your mates uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Moore. I'm not even going to tell you where I am because I don't bother with Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are contactechasers at gmail.com if you want to email us with any thoughts, questions, contributions, and let the boys play. Let us play. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.